0: Hi there, listener. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. Just so you know, this show contains explicit language and some possible adult themes. Listeners under 13 or anyone who could be offended by the subject matter are given caution. Hello, I'm Wesley Van Hoosen, and this is Good Food for Bad Friends. On this podcast, I'll have a different guest every week to talk about their history with food, Along with each episode, you can find recipes inspired by the featured guest on our website, goodfoodbadfriends.com. Drew Valaika is my other best friend. I met him when I was entering my junior year at Nebraska Wesleyan University. Like me, he was a theater major, but he was just beginning his time at the school. At the end of every summer, the cast and crew would rehearse 12-hour days over two weeks and put on the opening show of the season. A select few incoming freshmen were also chosen every spring to be in the summer production if their college audition or tech portfolio was impressive enough. Drew was one of those chosen few, and that year our opening show was Spamalot. I was lucky enough to play in the orchestra pit for that show, led by the amazing Dan Hayes, and while I know the show itself is funny, I honestly never saw it, because I was underneath it the entire time. Unlike the show, I did get to see a lot of Drew. We became fast friends when I took him under my wing, as the upperclassmen were guided to do by the faculty. I was happy to do it, and I'm so glad that I did. To me, Drew was different from everyone else because he works on the same kind of intellectual hunger that I do. We loved conversing about our ideas and experiences as well as what we liked to read and how we enjoyed learning. As we went further into the school year, we became more and more close and a solid friendship was born. Since I'm a couple of years older than Drew, I graduated and went on while he was still working towards his bachelor's degree. Drew went on to study theater in Russia and graduated in 2017 with his acting degree. He since moved to the Big Apple to follow his dreams, just like I moved to the Windy City to pursue mine. Although we live far away from each other, we still have the most solid of friendships. It truly is cliche, but Drew and I have a friendship that picks up just as soon as one of us calls or sees one another after a while. Through the years, we've grown to appreciate each other's differences and what we like to learn and seek for our own careers. Drew is one of the very few close friends I have who is younger than me, and yet I look up to him because of his incredible drive to succeed and define. If I'm ever down or just need someone to pick me up with a conversation, I will always and forever reach for Drew. I'm so proud of this guy. He's like another little brother to me, and I'm so happy he's on this week's episode of the podcast. Ladles and Jelly Spoons, please welcome my other best friend, Drew Valaika. So for everyone listening, Drew is my other best friend. So like and I don't say that with like any meaning of animosity or like lesser. It's just like he he came he came second in, in the timeline. <laughs> but I met you, Drew, uh as a wee lad when you were a freshman at our college where we went to undergrad at Nebraska Wesleyan. And I don't know, I feel like I I sort of took you under my wing because everyone was trying to sleep with you. And I'm just like, leave him <laughs> alone.
1: Like, yes, that's <laughs> That is surprising, like not even surprisingly. That's that is straight up accurate because I remember I was there two weeks early for we were working on a show. You was were, you were,
0: was it Spamalot? That
1: was Spamalot. Yeah, yeah. I
0: was in the orchestra pit for that show. Yeah, so I was I there, was, but I just wasn't they brought there. they brought me in as a freshman, and the
1: professors kind of gave everybody kind of like an older. Student to sort of just like show them the ropes of yes. the institution. Mine kind of sucked at their job, but then you came along. So the professors are like, oh, he's got one. And then after hours, you and after, you know, rehearsal would wrap up at, during the day, you and I would just hang out all the time.
0: Yeah. It, you know, it was a thing too of at that time, it was, I was a junior in school. And, you know, as an upperclassman, in our theater department, we were kind of told with the younger kids coming in, you need to be kind of like guideposts for them. I think that was the word that they used, Like, don't be mean, help them. And so, yeah. you know, the one thing I think about too, is like, I think you and I just kind of clicked really easily. Like we just got along and also, you know, the whole thing of like all the gay guys are trying to sleep with you, but like,
1: no mm-hmm. offense to them, not all
0: of them, not all of them, but a not, number every, of not them all of them, but I won't name names. But at the yeah. same you know who you are. And no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but like, um, but at the same time, it was like this. I, I was like, this guy is smart. He's obviously an intellectual like me, because I knew you'd like to read. And, you know, you had a decent knowledge of ideas that were somewhat past the level that most kids would have when they go to college at first. I don't know. I feel like your ideas had started to begun developing even before you were in a formal education setting, at university. Does that make sense?
1: Yes. And yeah, thank you just you. you were
0: just like you were you were intuitive. That's the word. You were really intuitive, and I am really drawn to people like that. It's it just because you know, well, one, you were cute, but also it was like you know, <laughs> this guy gets it. He understands kind of the the same analytical thought processes that I have, and up until that point I really didn't have a lot of intellectual type friends you know even if there were people around Mm -hmm. us who were intellectuals we were so focused on theater that kind of bombarded it so yeah I think you know that for me was the main reason but yeah you and I hung out a lot and you know it I got you in my fraternity but we won't talk about that because we both had (laughs) bad experiences and you know, it's uh shout out Ross Mumford for helping me through, <laughs> like, you know, but. Oh, man, Ross was so cool. Yeah, he he was a good guy. He's a good guy. Um, But yeah, I think, you know, that time was just such a, you know, I knew that the underclassmen coming in really did. That wasn't you guys had an exceptional class, too. You were good. You were really talented. In, a lot of a lot of talent in that class lot like a of lot, talent. Of talent. lot of talent and a lot of talent in my graduating class good lord i just remember i remember sitting back as a senior and you know we were doing zimmer girls and you didn't do zimmer girls though you were you you teched it didn't you,
1: Did you i didn't build? even i was on
0: i was in the carpentry shop i helped build the house. That
1: that absolute bastard of a house. What a cool and fucking
0: set though.
1: I always loved dude, that, that was, set so
0: that much. was an amazing
1: <laughs> set. I'm I'm not gonna lie though, there was a lot of catharsis when we tore down the walls and they had we basically used like quarter inch plywood as the siding. And I would basically just take the sledge during the strike for it, and I was just boom, 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 boom. I was never allowed How- on
0: stage during strike because I <laughs> fucked it up for myself as a freshman because I cut my hand while taking down a wall i'm going to do a terrible segue here at the end of every show we would do a big we do strike everyone who's done theater knows what strike is for those of you don't at the end of a play you know back when we could go see plays uh, in the in the other times um in the before times times, uh, (laughs) we we um would have to take down the entire set cast and crew would take down the set we'd wash all the costumes we'd refile them we'd take stuff to the Whoever whatever had to get dry cleaned, you know, like the whole building also got cleaned because a building gets dirty during a show because you've got mm-hmm. like 50 naked people running around trying to find the <laughs> costumes. Not yep. really. We knew where our costumes were. We just theater people are gross. We, you know, we They're sweat. Just- we sweat, we act, we put on makeup, tons and tons of makeup. Like, you know, it, it's a lot, And you know, under it's light. Just natural. The, I mean,
1: I mean the, the naked, the nudity was just from natural exhibitionism. It's,
0: no, it's so funny. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, I, I was talking to a friend about that and how like in high school we, we had this big black box theater that was new and in my high school and it was supposed to be the girls changing room. The boys were given the bathrooms. Well, one night the bathrooms were like being fixed. So we couldn't use them for some reason. So we had to change with the girls. And I remember the teachers were livid that we did it. But we were all like, we have to be on time for this show. We're not looking at them. And I literally remember all the straight guys were like, all the girls even were like, they're not looking at us. And we're not looking at them. We're just trying to get this show on. And we have to just get, you know, and I was telling someone like the night in Wedding Singer when I wore an assless dance belt by mistake and forgot to put on Spanx. Um. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I had to wear a dress that I had to high kick in. Didn't do the high kick that night. But <laughs> backstage, backstage, I remember I had to take off my entire costume to get into this dress. And right. I mean, you could see everything, like everything. And oh my god. I remember someone. I told someone that story, and they, they were like, "Aren't you worried people were staring at you?" And I'm like, "Trust me, we were all quick changing. No one's looking. Yeah. No one gives yeah. a fuck. If anything." My changer was like nice ass. She's like wear a dance <laughs> belt next time. I'm like, I want yeah, dance belt. like you know, like yeah. But I don't think it was a dance. I think it was just a strap. But like you know, it, it. But at the same time, there's such that misconception that we're so sexual, but it's like we're really not. No, we're, we're just trying to get on stage, man. <laughs> like you know. But here's my terrible segue. So strike, we'd strike everything, and then we'd have a big banquet, potluck, yes, type thing in the, in the theater in the shop which i always thought was such a weird place to eat but like i guess you don't want to get anything dirty but you know everything everything's just got like a little just a little dash of sawdust for texture a little bit yeah but that's my (laughs) terrible segue into welcoming you to a food podcast because that's the only food two food things i could think of that crossed our theater experiences and food that's (laughs) very true picnic but yeah, welcome to my food show. So, as everyone's already been listening for like however hours we've been not talking about food. <laughs> Drew and I met in college and we, you know, we we did theater together and it was a fun fun time, but I don't really know too much about food with you cuz and it's kind of interesting, a lot of my theater friends know that I cook, but they've never really they don't really know that I cook. And it's like that food right very important element to my life as as, is you know just it's like kind of my other passion so yeah yeah but so my first question that I'm going to ask you um that I ask everyone on the show is what is your first vivid memory of food
1: I don't know if I can pinpoint like my earliest memory of food but I can I can look back through i can kind of just i can i can look back and the vivid the memories of food i have the most from when i was younger come to uh mine and my family our tradition for our christmas eve dinner which i think i've told you a little bit about in the past
0: yeah 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 um it's i'm not i'm not recalling it right now please tell our listeners what all that entails
1: (laughs) yeah so every every christmas eve christmas eve is when my it's kind of like my family's big day yeah christmas like we do we do presents that night that's our night where we all get together christmas day we usually go and we spend it with extended family but christmas eve dinner is done it's always by candlelight always oh, wow candlelight. um so like that most of that like you know afternoon is spent prepping but um when i was very little it used to just be like kill and eat shrimp right sure sure yeah as as my sister and i got older and we actually developed like you know a palette um you know it as of now we mainly do like you know shrimp and huge charcuterie boards with like dried sausage and prosciutto and like you know three or four different kinds of like specialty cheeses um you know olives all sorts of that stuff um lobster tails, crab legs. Um I think a couple times we did um like mussels. Like Ooh, shell love, like
0: I mean I love all the things you're listing, so I'm, yeah. I'm on board. Did you ever do yeah. steaks? Steak was always kind of a Christmas Eve option in my family. No,
1: it's it's always shellfish. That is always what we have for Christmas Eve So over the years it's it's a tradition that has evolved and my father, he has a um He has a close coworker of his who every year for Christmas, he gets my daddy a very nice bottle of uh, Francis Coppola wine. And uh, we always, we always have that with a meal. Yeah. It's, it's one of the few wines that I like actively enjoy. I'm not a big, I'm not, I'm not huge on wine, but that's a wine that I definitely enjoy. So a lot of my earliest memories come from like the evolution of um, those Christmas Eve dinners, because it's, there is a very short list of things I hold sacred in this world. And that night is absolutely one of them. Like if my parents if my parents were to tell me, I was like, Oh yeah, we're not doing this this year. I would be like, hell. Yeah. I'd be like,
0: what? No, yes we are.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I think literally I I, I take, I take my plane home from New York and I fucking daydream about this dinner. Dude. I want to
0: have dinner. On Christmas Eve with your family, if it's a shellfish buffet, essentially, I'm like, "What's the cover? Can Come I get in?"
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. What um, do I have
0: to pay you to eat this?
1: <laughs> exactly. Um, I, lo-
0: I love that. That's that's awesome. I love that it's a holiday thing too. I think you're actually one of the very first guests, if not the first guest, if my memory's right, that's talked about holiday food as a vivid, as a vivid memory, and I love that because. Holiday food is my vivid memory. My first memory is my grandfather's roast beef. And that was what Ooh. he made on Christmas day. So it was always what we had for, I I want to say, you know, up until I was maybe 19 and he got to, he was either too ill to cook or in the home at that point. So like it, I, I can't replicate it. So it, to me, it's kind of like, it's, it's a lost flavor almost. Cause I can't figure it out. Oh but, Yeah not yet I still hold hope but I love that it's a holiday meal because I think those are very much the the ones that we all kind of tend to remember anyway is yeah how Christmas was or Thanksgiving or I know a lot of people do big things at like big food things at New Year's too um but yeah I love that uh is there any kind of like um let me actually move on to this next question, because that kind of covers half of the next one. So, like, obviously for holidays, you had, it was a big deal. It was, you know, kind of the big bucks meal mm-hmm. of the year. Um, growing up, what was sort of the, like, every day on the table meal?
1: Oh, it it varied. Like, the thing about, you know, my parents is that I'm very, I, I was very fortunate growing up in a household where both my parents could Cook. Yes, they can. And I'm 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 talking with a I'm talking with like a capital
0: taste too.
1: (laughs) Capital C double O K cook. For Um, sure. They you know my parents still to this day have like the Betty Crocker cookbook they got when they first got married. That thing is nice. and th- that thing is a tome that sits yeah. in our pantry. And like I see I like, you know, they'll you know, they'll pull that out every now and again, but it was always very, there would be a lot of, you know, a lot of Italian here and there. My my dad makes a mean, you know, this is more of a special occasion thing, but my dad makes a mean sure. prime rib. Um, a lot of like big things that we know we'd have leftovers because, you know, growing up, you know, I sort of came to a point where I eat them out of house and home. Um Cause you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, my, I get it. My, I mean, my parents experienced that twice over when I went through, and then my brother became a teenager right after I left. The house. Yeah, they, they,
1: they, <laughs> they were they were prepared, but yeah. yeah, dinner, you know, dinner was always the point in which my family would like actually all, you know, sit down to eat. Right. But you know, it it was just the you know it was a lot of it was very classic sort of midwestern meat and potatoes type of stuff. Um, it was you know you know, a lot of Italian that came a lot from my mom's sure. side of the family. Um, my dad had uh, some specialty dishes that he would whip out. So, you know, I, 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 I Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. My dad, my dad over the years has come up with a few of his own things. He makes this like, you know, he makes this very rich stew in the winter. So I've had that a few times since I've been in Nebraska recently. What all so goes into that one? um it's like cubed beef like sure. stew meat um we'll throw in carrots and onions and i think a little corn and um
0: that's like the midwestern beef stew is corn it's that's like, like the midwest yeah. coming out there yeah. it's
1: it's it is hearty to say the least you don't want potatoes
0: walk away. or like Oh uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Potatoes, potatoes okay. go
1: in it. Potatoes go in it. So it sounds um, like just a
0: super traditional beef stew, but it's got like the Midwestern additives to it that make it kind of beefier. Sticks your, and It's six oh, to your insides. That's what it sticks like six to your ribs. It, or as it my granddad would say ribs. it uh it grows hair on your chest. That's what I oh, yeah. would always say. Because like it's so the pretty
1: the like broth base is more like a gravy, if anything. Yeah. You want yeah, you want like every
0: bit of it. It's so good. Does he put peas in it? No, okay. no one
1: in my no one in my family really likes peas.
0: My mom doesn't mind them, and I th- I don't know I don't think my dad likes them actually, but my brother and I hate them. So it's like fried rice yeah. always had peas in it growing up, and I'm like, please stop. Oh, yeah. Please just only put carrots or meat in it. I like fried rice with no vegetables because I'm you know. I'm me but like otherwise I just don't eat fried rice but yeah no I I get that of like some some things that would traditionally go in dishes in the midwest that changes a lot I feel like corn is kind of the sub for peas
1: yeah because it's a starchy
0: vegetable and it's sweeter but it's not like peas are just a weird like earthy sweet that I really just don't like corn yeah corn is more like sugary tasting yeah. Peas. <laughs> yeah, I agree. None of it's candy, but like
1: <laughs> Yeah, peas peas have this weird like I just don't like it's they've got this weird texture thing that like, that, you yeah. know, corn corn doesn't have that. So They're it's mushy. Like, yeah. I, corn, you know, you know, corn is like a bit more of a like sweet that you want out of like something sure. that grew in the earth. Not necessarily sweet corn, but um just like good old
0: fashioned Frozen corn. No. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like exactly. just whole kernel corn for sure. Yeah. Um what kind of stuff uh did your mom make?
1: Um a lot of Italians. So my my mom grew up as the youngest of eight.
0: Whoa. In a,
1: in a mix of Lithuanian no, not excuse me. In a mix of Czech and uh Italian cooking. So it was a lot of a lot of so you know I feel very fortunate in the fact like I get like not only like you know Italian cuisine but also like kolaches.
0: <laughs> oh, I love those! So, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So she makes a mean lasagna, that is for sure. Um, my the joke in my family is that my dad married my mother for her recipe on Italian steak. <laughs>
0: <laughs> how does she make her italian steak have you ever um that? oh god yes
1: that okay. that was a that was a that was definitely a regular meal a lot, a lot of prep time went into that sure um but uh you tenderize the beef with just like a meat hammer mm-hmm. um so you flatten it all out uh, you coat it in um, um, Italian breadcrumbs, which is something you can definitely get at the store. And you she you, you would just um, usually like either fry it or just put it, like a bunch of pieces on like a big broiling pan in the oven. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just, you know, tender with a lot of this like, you know, flavor of like, you know, stuff you find in the breadcrumbs and stuff. And it's sure, just yeah. it's. It is something that, like, my dad's eyes light up whenever she decides to make that during the week.
0: <laughs> sure. Yeah. You know, I, not to like poo poo on my parents, but m- m- really the only thing that we really ever had that was sort of like culinarily proficient among my parents' cooking would be grilled food. So we always had like steak and meat and stuff like that, but it was never done in the oven. It was right. always done outside. And so to me, the the prospect of like baking a steak is so foreign. It's like, what? Yeah, like, yeah. But I mean, not to say that my parents are bad cooks. They just, they they had, you know, they had what they knew and that's what they used. But I do like that idea. I've written that down actually to try that steak because it sounds like it would be really good. It's kind it of is. Like, it's, is it's, it served with anything on the side?
1: um we kind of would just vary it would be like whatever came with it on the side is kind of whatever we had on hand sure. a lot of times usually a vegetable or something i think every I would now do and like we
0: baked potatoes but
1: yeah every cool. we would do baked potatoes with it pretty regularly um sometimes we do like the twice baked potatoes if you've ever had Ooh,
0: those i like those but dylan doesn't like those so yeah they're yeah. too rich for him they're
1: very rich they're really <laughs> that would though, yeah yeah, no one, no one ever walked
0: away hungry
1: at dinner time. For sure, uh, growing up.
0: Um, so you talked, you briefly mentioned that you know, like your parents would cook stuff, and then once your sister and you, and you have a twin sister. People should know listening. De- uh, Drew has a Derek. I have two people with the name starting with a letter D. Um, Drew has a twin sister, and you said that you and her kind of just started to develop your tastes at a specific age. Uh, my yeah. next question actually was like, when was that? And uh, what did you start to discover that you did or did not like?
1: Um, Probably around like, I don't know. I think the earliest, I mean, probably before this, but the earliest I can think back to is probably like, you know, a year or two before junior high, is when I really sort of like figured out what I liked. Sure. Um, back then I liked a lot of like salmon. Oh, wow. Yeah, my dad, my dad would make a lot of salmon. And so sometimes, like when there was leftovers, I would have that, you know, I'd eat those leftovers cold on like crackers or something,
0: you know, and that's, Um, it's really good, though, because that's kind of like how I discovered smoked salmon was, yeah, I would eat leftover salmon. And my mom would be like, Oh, you'd like smoked salmon, then if you're eating salmon with just bread or crackers or something you'd like that. But yeah, that's that is kind of interesting though. I, I mean, that sounds good to me anyway, like yeah. as a snack. So I,
1: I discovered like a I discovered like a big love for like you know, stir fry as well, and um, just like spices in general. But like I think that that was really when like I developed my love for like you know, you know fish, which I don't cook fish ever because sure. it's so it's I I'm it's so easy to screw up. But like you know. Um, salmon white fish was something that I really developed a palate for
0: Mm -hmm. it's funny you say not knowing how to cook fish there's this great joke from Roseanne like the first and good iteration of that show um, where she throws a dinner party for I think one of her daughter's boyfriends and she comes back from the kitchen and says did you know that when fish cooks it shrinks and then there's a laugh (laughs) And then she says this, the second line, which is, and when it burns, it practically disappears. <laughs>
1: like <laughs> Yeah. 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 Like, um, one of
0: the best jokes ever about cooking fish. Cause it's so true. It like, yeah. yes, it does shrink and yes, it will dissipate if you burn it. Like
1: also some fish, like, like white fish, when you cook it and you try to flip it, it falls apart.
0: I despise cooking white fish unless it's like, in a stir fry or some kind of if it's like baked, that's fine. Right. But pan cooking fish is like, why don't you just shoot me? Because that's what yeah. it feels like.
1: You know, it's just also- like the one
0: thing most cooks. I don't think are very proficient at, you really have to, it's like omelet making. You have to take the time yeah. to learn how to do it and then you're yeah. good at it. But yeah, you gotta
1: get your technique down for mm-hmm. it. Also the other thing about like cooking any kind of fish in your house is that like, it's one of the only meals that requires you to um, like, you know, light a candle afterwards just to like purge the like fish stench.
0: You know, that's the thing. I'm, I, I love fish, uh, especially like, you know, uh, tilapia or just like the cheap white fish you can get at the grocery store, it's just as like a protein option. Oh yeah. When, when I'm, you know, not fat and in a pandemic. But like <laughs> luckily I've not gained, speaking of that, I've not gained as much weight as at my I was at my heaviest. So I'm like, hey, we've made progress on the eating benches. But like at the same time, go. yeah. I don't think go. I've eaten fish since this whole thing started because it's like, ah, just bring the beef, bring the pork.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Bring the bacon. But like, um, Dylan hates it. Another reason for that is Dylan hates fish, any fish, except for lobster. He likes the fanciest one. So like, you yeah. know, he's from, he's from new England. So I think you have to like, that makes that sense. From that, that makes sense. But he does not like any kind of fish, not shellfish or fish that has a fishy smell when you cook it. So if I right. cook it, the only time I'll ever eat fish is usually when he's doing dog sittings. Cause I don't worry right. about it. And you know, it's, yeah. But otherwise I never, I never cook fish. So unfortunately anymore.
1: Yeah. No, the closest I've gotten to eating fish since the pandemic has been like the canned tuna, like chicken of the sea stuff. Yeah. I made,
0: I made tuna patties and I think that was when I really learned how much Dylan does not like the smell of fish because I don't think he came uh, out of his room that entire night and I'm like, oh oh, my I God. can't do it. I eat anything. Yeah. I don't blame him. It's not a fun smell. It's no, not like,
1: it's not. It's, it's not, not a like particularly or, you know. Or... Yeah,
0: <laughs> or a cake, even cooked, even
1: cooked, even cooked. It's not particularly a smell that enhances the
0: meal. I'll never. For- yeah. Oh my god. Speaking of food smells, I'll never forget once I went to a dinner party. I did not cook for this dinner party, um, and I, I remember the main course was like a tuna dish, and the dessert was apple pie. And when you walked into the house, those two smells were at war and the apple pie (laughs) was losing. And I mean, (laughs) it was bad. And I'm like, and in my mind, I'm like, what did you do to the tuna to make it so pronounced? And I learned that they had made some kind of like, you know, casserole type dish with it. And it was good, but I remember just being like, this would have been a million times better had they not used canned tuna if it would have been fresh tuna that was cooked in the oven like the recipe said it was supposed to I found the recipe and I looked at it yeah it's like oh my god no wonder it stunk up the house to the high heavens because you're just like here's blowing hot air onto canned tuna like you know like
1: yeah bad
0: you know and the poor cinnamon tuna smell was just not working it was rough it was rough and that's a first i I have a feeling you know i'm not going to call who who that was but i'm like that's a first dinner party mistake like that's right
1: something you're like
0: yeah i shouldn't have done that but anyways though yeah i do love tuna though i like raw tuna yes i like sushi and stuff like that
1: like one of one of my i mean when you talk about like me like creating a palette for myself there's this Back, then, I mean, you remember Laszlo's, of course. Oh the yes, restaurant. I love Laszlo's. One of the one of my absolute favorite places in Lincoln to get food
0: mm-hmm. is
1: Laszlo's. We ate out. We, my family, like you know, we probably own stock in that joint at this point.
0: It's so um, good. It's so, it's so good.
1: good plus when you have like you know a you know plus when you have like a brewery attached to the location it's that. like you know yeah. you can pair you know you can pair a great beer with your food they when i was a kid they used to do this swordfish steak sandwich where is this huge like slab I of- remember
0: that sandwich actually swordfish. I think my grandmother ordered it once yeah
1: i my parents would always give me a hard time because i would never look at the menu cuz every time I got this damn sandwich, but I got it because it was so freaking good.
0: You know, I'm the same way at Laszlo's. I've ordered the same thing for like 10 years and it's the pub club <laughs> with no tomato they got... and yeah. their fries. Their fries are out of the fucking world. Their fries Amazing are what fries. sells that place and you get, uh, you get their garlic dip to go yes. with the fries. Laszlo's is legit as fuck. If you ever go to Lincoln, Nebraska, go. It's it's local too. all the you, beer is local and
1: it's all, it's and, all it's all local and it's probably one of the i think next to zipline it's probably one of the biggest breweries their in brewery is
0: imperial no Imperial. imperium imperium, imperium. I'm like, it starts with an e not an i and yeah. I, I feel like everyone is always looks for it but it's not that like was imperial it's empirical or whatever the fuck it is my dad my imperial. dad
1: bringing my dad bringing that beer home is probably what turned me into like a bit of like the beer like it is good beer snob that i am if today. i go to
0: laszlo's it's tough laszlo's also has coke and so it's like oh i want coke <laughs> with my food but for some not- reason even their coke is super freaking good. it is it is. i mean here's the thing though coca-cola is palatable with most cuisines like, Are, it goes with everything. It's not like Pepsi. Oh, Pepsi oh, is the also, American soda. Like, yeah. you know, Coke also, is the world soda.
1: Also, Laszlo's, their dessert, their Coca-Cola cake.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, they do have that. It's so That's, good. That's,
1: like, I'm not a big, like, like, dessert for me at the end of, like, a big, big meal is, like, a cup of black coffee. Like,
0: Literally. Like, like, coffee. <laughs> yeah, coffee. But yeah. if
1: I'm... If I, if like my like you know, if someone if you know someone in my family is willing to like, you know, share, I will take a few bites of that Coca-Cola that's the thing. take.
0: Usually when we go to Laszlo's, it's for a birthday. And so we'll get yeah. the free dessert and we just share it. And it's like because they give yeah. you so much damn food there. And that's a, that's the beauty of eating at restaurants like this. It's a sit-down, kind of yeah. like semi formal type of restaurant almost. It's really I mean kind of, I would it's it's everyday, but it's also it's also good for special occasions. Like it matches both.
1: Yes. Like I would never want to like wear sweatpants going there. No, but I also feel, I also feel like I can like, you know, wear
0: jeans and a t-shirt. Yeah. You can look casual and like, yeah. And like my brother, my brother's graduation party was there. Like that was like the same kind of. um, Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: But yeah, it's a great, and they
0: got a great bar and it's, it's really good. They, do have a great bar. You go to the one. There's two of them. You go to the one probably on 56. I go to the one by Old Cheney. Yeah. Um, yeah,
1: We also. Yeah. I mean, there's also their location, Fireworks, which is basically just you know.
0: Oh yeah, that is a thing. I forget about that place. Yeah, it's so yeah, far it's, away.
1: <laughs> it's it is. So we also there. go. We go there every now and again as well if we're in the area, which sure. is also very very good.
0: See, it's funny. You and I are from the same hometown, but I think some of the listeners that are not from Nebraska, whoever you are, you know, like, thank you for listening. Uh, yeah. They don't understand how big of a city our hometown really is. Really I is. mean, I grew up in the near South neighborhood, which is like 27th and A, yeah, which is now what would be considered North Lincoln or Central Lincoln. Yeah. When I was which growing is- up, that was the, what it says. It was near South Lincoln. <laughs> and then you grew up on South, like near South 56th and Pine Lake. Which is I grew up, I grew a world away.
1: (laughs) I grew up around like. Well, it's funny because like growing up, I would have considered that South Lincoln. So to hear that that's considered Central Lincoln at that point, like puts my kind of geography of our hometown on its head. I I grew up, I grew up closer to like fifty six and Old Old Chain fifty six and Pine Lake Road. Pine Lake Road was like the major street we were on.
0: Pine Lake, and when I was growing up, Pine Lake was the furthest south you could go in Lincoln, without yeah. seeing cornfields. And now it's developed further south from that. And it's kind of crazy because it's like, you know, our neighborhoods are just so different because, you know, ours is kind of the old, it's older houses, the older schools. Yeah. And, you know, you, you went to Pius though, which is so far away from where you live. Like yeah. it, the Pius is the Catholic high school. And my mom and my aunt went there too. I did not go to Pius. I went to Lincoln high, but
1: yeah no it's just
0: (laughs) it's it's (laughs) well yeah i mean i was like lincoln high but i mean lincoln is a huge city and so there is a lot of spread out
1: it is and that (laughs) that doesn't even that doesn't even take into extent like everything downtown everything in like the rail yard which when we were kids rail yard did not even exist
0: the rail yard was actually a rail yard when we it was actually a rail yard. it was actually a built, rail yard,
1: <laughs> then they built this, then they built the stadium and all sorts of stuff started popping. In well,
0: and you know, it's, I'm happy when that happened. But the problem I think that's happening now is that the rent is so high in the middle of a pandemic, all these restaurants are pulling out of the area. And it's sad because well, there's some great places there that were that there. Was, that was a problem even before the pandemic
1: Yeah, yeah. for the rail yard is that they, is that, you know, places knew that this was going to be the place to be and they charged Mm -hmm. out the nose for any business to like even exist.
0: Yeah. And you know, the one thing that, and in a place like Lincoln, you know, the money, money is different there. Like we don't, it's it's cheap to live in Lincoln. I mean, a house, a three-story house is, $250,000 like as opposed to Chicago where it's like $250 trillion like you know it's not really it'd be like two two and a half million dollars here it's like yeah the 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 way money goes in Nebraska is so much further and to have restaurants have to pay out the ass for rent right it just doesn't work in a place like Nebraska it's
1: like it's like this is not I mean Nebraska you know it's it's got its you know promising aspects, but like, you know, yeah. not, not like a Silicon Valley type no, thing it's where not people LA. are making Silicon Valley type money, you know?
0: And I think the, there's always been this weird like incessant need to put Nebraska on the map. And I'm like, yeah. the beauty of it is that it isn't. It's like, it's exactly. a different place. It's a different environment from Chicago or New York or, you know, Los there's... Angeles or Seattle. Like, Yeah, it's 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 homelier. It's a warmer place, both climate wise and at attitude most of the time. I mean, yes, it is more conservative. I will not say that that's not true. Oh, absolutely. But I mean, there is something to be said, though, for the traditions of sort of the quietness that comes Mm -hmm. from growing up in a place like nebraska i don't understand why people think it needs to be known i guess yeah
1: there's there's like two schools of thought when it comes to like the future of lincoln and one is like you know both have their extremes where there's one side that's like keep lincoln as like this small town which it's not a small town anymore but a lot of people want to turn it into like a you know a metropolitan hub of the Midwest, which
0: it doesn't have to be. And not to mention Omaha kind of beat us to it. Like <laughs> they they beat Come us on. to it. They beat it. They beat us to it 25
1: years ago, you know? I mean,
0: yeah, it's Lincoln's a great town to visit. It is. Great food, great people. I mean, that's the other thing too. People there, it's so funny when I go back to Nebraska because people are even coming from Chicago, which is Midwestern. Going back yes. to Nebraska, it is so midwestern. like, if people you know see you in the grocery store, it's not just a quick hello and then you're on your way. You better be ready for like a ten minute, twenty minute conversation in an aisle. Yeah, about yeah. their kids, their life. What are you doing? What's the you know? People are. I think you know it's just a different. It's a different kind of culture. People entirely. people are willing
1: people are willing to lend you that power tool that you need. You know, a cup
0: of sugar you need. There's still neighbors neighbors know that. yeah you know you know your neighbors i come back
1: after like doing long stints out in new york and coming back and like someone like on the street just like smiles and, nods. and waves i, I want to <laughs> be like i i, I just i want to be like do you, are you trying to start a fight i feel like you're during to a fight during the know? pandemic
0: yeah <laughs> i get that during the pandemic especially it's restorative i find yeah so, i mean not in long long i mean granted you're still out there waiting to go back to new york and yeah which is kind of where a lot of our friends in the industry are we ventured so far off of food but it's totally fine that's why i like this having friends on this show we get to talk about other stuff but absolutely um um, but yeah i mean it for me going back it is nice to know that there's still a group of people in that culture that even though we're all bitter about wearing masks at this point it's a really tough thing Mm -hmm. and i mean I will, I do it because it's necessary to keep this from getting worse. But there's still people that will take the time to, like, you know, be nice. Yeah, absolutely. For the most part.
1: I mean, I don't think I realized how much Nebraska meant to me until I was away from it. And I realized, and, you know, it wasn't until I was removed from it that I realized all of such the fine qualities that Mm -hmm. Nebraska as a state. Uh, has I mean you know
0: there, is, there will yeah. there
1: will there there will come a time that like you know my parents move away but like I will always like oh, I will always me. I will always be a Nebraskan you know what I mean yeah
0: I mean yeah and that's the one thing that I think is so funny too you know being very much the I have to get the hell out of here
1: attitude uh-huh.
0: when I was twenty when I was growing up and when I got out of college you know yeah going back every now and again it is kind of an idyllic place
1: it's, it's it's not a
0: big city there's no you know there's no you don't have to contend with the same things you do in a big city especially the, in a pandemic and you yeah know, it, it's almost you know almost relaxing in a way granted it's, There's a lot of misgivings there. I mean, I'm not trying to sugarcoat it. The Midwest is a rough place politically right now, but Midwest, Midwest is. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, there is still a sense of, there are a lot of people there, like, you know what? The world is falling apart, but I'm going to keep my own, you know, little patch of life thriving.
1: Yeah. I think Lincoln is a
0: great, great way of like, it's a great place to see that happen.
1: I mean, it, it, it's funny. I had to joke with a lot of people and say, you know, we got paved roads and electricity out there, right? You but, know, we um, have
0: internet access, right? You know,
1: <laughs> you, you know, we got all of those fine creature comforts that, you know, you city slickers have. Know what I'm talking about And it's right cheaper. Now? And, and you don't have to taxes cheaper. on your food. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. But like, you know, you know, as as suburban of an area, as, you know, we grew up in, in Lincoln, there's, you know, you, you walk away with sort of like a bit of... Um, midwestern grit
0: yeah wherever and, you're from and state. you know state. where where it's so funny when dylan first moved here so dylan's from massachusetts so he's from right. the meanest state in the east <laughs> the <meanest. laughs> he's like a, he's yes. like a member of the heradrum out there like you know uh, lord of the rings <laughs> reference but like are they from the south or are they from the east oh the easterlings are from the east i'm stupid He's yeah, a, he was like you know from the Easter states, and you yeah. know I shouldn't say that Massachusetts is lovely, but I love Massachusetts. But we, we love your lobster; <laughs> it's gorgeous there too. And Massachusetts uh, but is he, stupid pretty. Oh yeah, but he he said to me, he's like I was so surprised at how just kind of like nice and thoughtful people were here, and yeah. how cons- it's like considerate people are. And I'm like, that's the Midwest. It's we're the people that you know we are sort of the people that made our neighbors, our friends and didn't yeah. succumb to the fear of living in big cities and the dangers and, and classism that comes with that. I mean, granted, there is still a lot of classism and racism Yeah, not sugarcoating it, but yeah, a lot of people, you know, it's easier to carve a path for yourself in the Midwest because there's less people like, you know, and I mean, I you mean, know. I mean, <laughs>
1: I mean, yeah, I absolutely, you know, living in the Midwest has, you know, there are some, you know, regional deficiencies that we have in certain areas, but definitely I'd say I'm, you know, Lincoln, especially, you know, where growing up, I, you know, it was always, you know, a vast majority of the people, you know, are just like good and sensible.
0: Yeah. Lincoln, Lincoln's a, Lincoln's an interesting haven in a way, because it's a very, very accepting city. And I grew, I mean, growing up in Lincoln, I know that had I grown up in, you know, even Crete, which is an hour away from Lincoln, I wouldn't have been able to come come out at the age that I did. If I had lived in, you know, even like some of the suburbs of Omaha, I don't think I would have been able to Lincoln afforded us a very interesting perspective of both Midwestern sensibility and liberal ideology. And Yes. I love that I come from that combination just because it, I feel like it, I, I try to really view things. Midwesterns are empathetic. We want yeah. people to be okay. You know, yeah. that's like our modus operandi. But speaking of that, I do have a good segue now. So what yeah. are some of the iconic foods of our regional hometown? <sighs> and I mean, what's your favorite? Cause I've talked about Lincoln food many times on this show. And I'm right. my favorite is always Amigos and Runza. Those are like my two top two Lincoln. Places. Oh,
1: oh, Amigos and Runza. Those are like staples when you like talk about stuff from your area. If I yeah. had to like, if I had to name like a state dish, though, sure, um, it would have to be chili and a cinnamon roll.
0: Oh yes, Richard brought that up on his episode, yeah. which is so funny because Fun. they come out next to each other, but like. <laughs>
1: Yeah. The, 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 I, like, funny story about that. I, so I worked my first job and I had this job for about two and a half years in New York. Mm-hmm. I was working out of this warehouse in Long Island City, which is in Queens. Long I worked with Island a lot of city. Yeah. I, I worked accent. with, yeah. I, I actually i lived like, you know, in the neighborhood over. So sure. I could actually walk to work or take like the bus, like, you know, two stops in, over to the warehouse. Nice. Um, So like, but like the first year I lived there, like people knew, like I had just moved and stuff. I worked with a lot of young guys, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of like East coasters from Massachusetts or like, you know, in the, in the East coast area. Um, one of, one of my, one guy there who was a good buddy of mine, his, he had family in New York, but he also like, you know, would trade off with time in Alaska where he also had family. So sure. I do have a friend
0: that goes to Alaska. So yeah, there's good. You want to talk about salmon? Go to oh Alaska. Oh my god, you um, and my, you should meet my friend Dimitri and talk about Alaska. He was on it's this a, show. <laughs> he was one of the first. Oh episode. yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, he like, anyway. Sorry to digress. So you're talking about you know all these people from yeah, all yeah, these yeah. different regions. yeah. Of the United some, States.
1: Somehow we got it. Was like it was cold, and you know it was a cold winter day. All the like you know garage bays where the like big semis would come in and out of were like up and we're all just freezing. And I'm like, I said something like, this is chili and a cinnamon roll weather right now. And the look I got, they looked at me like I had just suggested, let's go find a stray cat and put it over a spit fire. They're like, they're, <laughs> they looked at me and they're like, what the hell you are know, you talking about? It's really
0: funny because I feel like that. <laughs> That's the reaction by a lot of people, maybe not eating a stray animal, but (laughs) watch, we're getting a dog where we vouch for the adoption of pets,
1: but like we (laughs) we
0: actually rather listen, it's not a video podcast anymore, but
1: like. Plugging, just plugging, we're getting a dog right in here, you know? (laughs) Uh,
0: Well, I hate cats, so we're not getting a cat, but I wouldn't eat one, (laughs) but no, I know what you mean. I've, when I first said it uh, actually kind of similar, when I was living in the house with the guys here, it was just bitter cold and it snowed. And I'm like, I really want chili with cinnamon rolls. And Aaron was like, fuck yeah, because he's, he lived in Lincoln right. for four years and went right. to school. But the other guys were like, what the fuck? And I'm like, think about it. Beans, beef with like a Tex-Mex flavor with a cinnamon roll is the sweet thing. And Matt Harvey um, from episode two of this show, he was like, okay, maybe. I'll give it yeah, a roll. they... They were. They and I, and were. Also, I made it, and then it was like, what? It was my. They. They are addicted to it now. Yeah. Well, me, not addicted. First off, I get.
1: Like first off, I. I mean, yeah. That's kind of like the the reaction that these guys out there like chili and a cinnamon roll. What the hell are you uh-huh. Midwesterners up to? First off, I had to convince these guys that Nebraska even existed in the first place.
0: It <laughs> is funny when I would tell people, especially my foreign friends that I had at work, you know, who are from Central yeah. America, you know, they're yeah. like, you know, they'd ask me where I'm from and i'd be like oh, i'm from nebraska and some people would be like oh i know nebraska i have family who work in nebraska because it's a big right. you know farmer state there's a lot of migrant farm workers there um yeah. shout out to them for making our grocery stores full during this pandemic by the way uh That's pay them you. pay yeah. them more and make them citizens so yeah. like you know uh, but yeah but some people would be like what the hell is Nebraska? And I'd be like, you know, the state next to us? Well, it's the other state that's next to that state. I'm like, there's, just go two states over and that's Nebraska from There's Illinois. There's a
1: lot, I mean, I met a lot of East Coasters who couldn't point Nebraska on a map to save their oh, life.
0: Dylan, Dylan like, didn't, <laughs> sorry, I keep interrupting. You, I'm so sorry. When no, I took mm-hmm. uh, When I took Dylan to Nebraska for the first time, that was the furthest West he had ever been at that time.
1: Oh, no kidding. Like, yeah, Nebraska's Nebraska is just, it's such an interesting state because you have the huge cities of Lincoln and Omaha and a lot of okay. other stuff. That, and a lot of other places are just one stoplight towns that are like blinking. You miss it. Carney. Carney I yeah. people if you
0: drive through Western Nebraska, you have to tune in to the, to the radio about the bridge and or the archway. Oh yeah. There's a running joke in my family when we would road trip. We went to Colorado quite often growing up and my dad would do that leg of the drive almost always for some reason. And right. he would get us out of Lincoln and to like Ogallala. That was like his and then my yeah. mom would drive us down into Colorado. But um we he would like, "Oh, gotta turn it to 15 10, whatever it is, AM, <laughs> listen to the Arch radio." And it became every time we drove through Kearney, we had to tune into it. So would be like the carney arch was built in 2001 as part of a <laughs> historical it's a factoid radio station that just buzzes from on the, a loop yeah it's a loop and then it plays like some banjo music are you hungry come to the carney arch like it's i'm oh not making this up God. if you ever go through nebraska and when you get to Kearney, it's spelled kearney k-e-a-r-n-e-y wow i can spell really well today that didn't take me any any mistakes um No, listen to it. Yeah, that's that's a weird tradition that we have, but you're right. It's like blank and it's gone. And you're like, What? What did I miss? There's just gas. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) exactly. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh, uh, so we, yeah, we've talked about like the Midwest in general. Uh, did you have any other, like, one person said steak about Nebraska, which I think is pretty obvious? Two words Omaha steaks, Omaha steaks, man. And the best thing, you don't have to, how many airports can.
1: What? How many airports? How many airports can you go to
0: and buy a fucking steak? I think you can get it at O'Hare. I think it's at O'Hare. Can and you Midway. get it at O'Hare? I think so. Yeah. I think because they sh- all the steakhouses here use Omaha steaks. Almost yeah. like virtually all steakhouses oh here.
1: O'Hare is what I usually use for like my um like, you know. When I'm flying back to New York, if I take yeah. a pit stop in Chicago, I'm t- I'm you, you have to go down to baggage
0: claim. It's in baggage oh. claim. It's not on the main terminal platform. And they're no redoing it. Never... They've redone O'Hare. They're redoing it still. So I don't know if it's still there. But when I know that I in the see... Omaha Airport, there is a kiosk where you can sign up to get your stake of the month and mm-hmm. you get a little keychain. And the Lincoln Airport, it's there. Um what I think that. is really what's really funny. I keep telling people this, and I don't know if it's true, but I feel like in Nebraska, you don't get charged shipping for Omaha no. steaks because it comes from the warehouse because you're yeah. literally like Lincoln's only a 45 minute drive. So yeah. Cause I've seen Omaha steak delivery trucks before yeah. in Nebraska. It's like, Oh, they're getting their steaks. <laughs> like I uh, someday, someday I'll hit the level of elitism where I can ha- get mail order steak. <laughs> put a,
1: put a New York strip on layaway. <laughs>
0: Excuse me, where is my ribeye? It was supposed to have been here yesterday. No, I yeah. hope I never get like that.
1: Um how many how many people how many people can like, you know, how many people can like hear hear a, a delivery driver and think, oh boy, I can't wait
0: for my um
1: I can't wait for my like, you know it'll be, steak. Uh,
0: steak. It's like an ice cream truck almost. <laughs> like you hear the little theme play like on the Calliope. Except, um, it's play, except it's playing, except it's playing like, uh, you where's know, the beef? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: The restaurant we were talking about, Laszlo's, all of their uh
0: steak and beef comes
1: from Omaha steaks. Yeah, their
0: burgers are Omaha steak. Too. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, now um, that now that they took my favorite sandwich off the menu years ago, I I get their New York strip and, you know, mm. needless to, needless to say I I can I can Yeah, how much is a steak there
0: like $17? That's like the price of a burger here. <laughs> like
1: Yeah. Like I look <laughs> like I mean that's every, a nine I, almost <laughs> every, every time I come home, I am shell shocked by the prices, you know?
0: We went out to breakfast at this place uh in North Lincoln, it's on 70th and A and it's called I think it's like Dear Evan or something like that or Evan something on it's a G it's like a Christy sounding name I'm getting it wrong but Evan is in it and I got Eggs Benedict there which was fabulous and it was delicious wow I'm really gay today I use the word fabulous uh (laughs) I (laughs) but um it was like it was like $13 I'm like Eggs Benedict here is like $19 because it's you know cook to order food it's not like you can make it quickly you have to make you, that to order you and, gotta sign away you gotta sign away your firstborn if you want anything like avocado toast on the
1: east dude, coast you know i oh know <laughs> yeah, um, avocado
0: toast here is actually really cheap that's like the yeah. cheap item menu yeah. here menu item here but um yeah no i do love though that food is just going to nebraska it's like oh i won't spend that much money
1: places another thing <laughs> I'll say this: Nebraska has diners beat on a lot of places. Like that's true. Highway Diner
0: out. Um, oh, Highway Diner. It's on. It's on Highway Two. Hi. High, yeah.
1: That like. Oh, uh, they need to make that just like a like a state landmark at this point. They
0: should. Yeah. That and also. <laughs> I mean, my favorite. My we used to go to Village Inn, which is like Denny's. Oh. If no one, oh, no one yeah. knows what a Village Inn is, but. Um, it's a it's a midwestern chain, and yeah. it's so good. And it, I went to high school. We would go to the one on 29th and O, and that one's closed now. Um, yeah. the health department closed it. I mean, probably for oh gosh. But like, I still go to Village Inn when I go to Nebraska because it's like I still want my skillet with pancakes. You know, yeah. like I still you don't you don't get that kind of food here unless you go to yeah. like restaurants that are like themed to be pancake houses it's like a theme right it's not like right. a, we're just a we're just a breakfast diner like you remember
1: know. remember going down 40th street um on the way to campus mm-hmm. there was that tasties in and out oh which was, Yeah. with, with tasties in and out which was this old old drive through where you just get these like grease ball of a hamburger they were My like own,
0: they were like ground uh, what are they it was more like
1: a sloppy joe it was like a sloppy anything. joe
0: without the sauce was how yeah
1: it was it was like a loose meat sandwich yeah my yeah. Um, my uncle from california every time he came through to visit um that was like a required like pilgrimage you can still get what?
0: the tasty burger there's a new restaurant over there that's like kind of just by where Tasty's used to be and they serve oh, the tasty burger and it's the I same didn't recipe re- Oh wow. I didn't yeah, even they, know that. The fam- I think I think the family I might be wrong, but I feel like the I think the family gave them the the, the rights to use the, the name because it says tasty and it's trademarked. So like uh but yeah, no, Tasty's In and Out was really good. And that was right by where we went to school, but you can still get them. Um uh, you can make them too. In fact, I oh yeah. Let me write that down because I have the recipe for it and I could make that. Do you like tasty burgers? Did you like tasty burgers? Ah, oh, they weren't my thing. I loved them. I feel like <laughs> if I was going to I won't I, use that recipe then, but I did love them a lot.
1: I I I was just like if I'm going to get a burger, I'm going to get a fucking burger, sure, you know? Sure,
0: I get that. I, did I, you I,
1: What was What was your opinion on
0: Honest Abe's burgers? I did like Honest Abe's a lot. They I were great. A couple times. They're are they gone now or are they still around? I think they're still around. I think they're on 70th and they've got two
1: locations there's one that
0: was up on like 70th and vine it was like far away that was the original one and i i I, I like that i think that's still there but i really like gourmet burger places that are modeled to be like fast food because i don't like to me burger is fast a burger is fast food and that place just knew their shit there are some things of course i just don't like so i didn't get them but like i've gotten just I got a burger there that was like, it was like a Mac and cheese burger or something. Right. Or, yeah. I don't remember. I had Gouda cheese. That was where I discovered I loved Gouda cheese. because it cheese was on amazing. That I'll tell, I'll I tell I you like this. It was what, just a cheese loaded burger. I, like.
1: I'll tell you this. I developed my taste for cheese working behind like the, like, uh you know, the cold cuts counter at like hy V, which is <laughs> for those of you that don't know, hy v is at of grocery stores. I would like, you know, man a meat they're slice like gourmet
0: t- grocery stores they're like you have all the different you have a bakery and a chinese yeah. place and an italian place and a yeah you
1: know,
0: a, a, all these different windows to go yeah they have a real butcher there like
1: they, they 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 call my section the new york style deli but after living in new york i now know that it was about accounted for about one eighth of sure. what a new york style because a new yeah. york style deli is just a tiny grocery store when you think about it
0: Yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. Or it's, or it's a diner. Like delis are all the diners there. So like you can go exactly them. But I think that's funny, but that's, that's a good way to do it though. I mean, I, I learned a lot about my taste working in restaurants when I left college and I had to have like a pay the bills job. Like, you know, even at Olive Garden, you learn a decent amount about Italian food there. I mean, even you though do, a lot of it's fake you and, you know, comes from the freezer, it's <laughs> right. sorry if I'm spilling industry secrets, don't sue me. But like, <laughs> I, but at the same time, all the sauces are handmade. They're not lying. They are handmade. And you learn a lot about how to cook pasta sauces, just yeah. helping the prep cooks sometimes or watching them. And then when I moved on to Copper Fox in downtown Chicago, shout out if it's open when this pandemic airs god i hope it is because that's the job i'll be going back to um right they i mean that was chefs that was like you know three chefs all using their expert different expertise on things and that was like such a an elevation of learning cooking and right. i learned so many tricks from them like Frenchie, shout out chef courtney shout out i'll have them on the show someday and patrick i'll have him on this show someday shout out um they taught me so much about home cooking and just like, Oh, if you want to make bone broth, do this. It works better. Or if you, if you want to get a crisper thing on this, you know, like sandwich attorney, if you're trying to like a crispy chicken sandwich that was huge right. and trendy in the food stuffs when the pandemic right. started, I learned how to do it from them. They were like, this is how you do it to make it taste like it comes from a restaurant.
1: Yeah,
0: And it's yeah. like, I'm, I'm, it's such invaluable information. And I don't remember what we were, talking about but i just had to say that like yeah it definitely teaches you a lot and yeah i don't know where that came from i'm sorry i digressed so heavily Um, it's all good uh, let's kind of move away from nebraska and i want to talk about your family again um or just people around you it doesn't have to be family are there any is there anyone in your life that has made a dish that is like specifically for you or like you know that like they know that there is this one thing that you just love to eat and that person always makes it the right way. You know, is there someone in your life that does that? And maybe it's like one of your parents with one of the things they make.
1: I don't think I have anyone who like has ever sat down and said like, what is your favorite thing? And let me cook it for you. Like whenever I'm home visiting, my parents are always like, okay, you got to tell us what you want to eat while you're here. Sure, and I'm sure. like, I, and I'm like, I will eat whatever you serve because it's all freaking amazing let me and,
0: <laughs> go ahead sorry it's like it's all um, amazing and like yes please just get yeah, yeah. me the food <laughs> my uh
1: i do have a friend in um new york and he is a major foodie who nice. loves to cook he loves to cook and do dinner parties and stuff nice. um he's actually he, he's actually originally from india um oh, wow That's... so like it's traditional indian Cooking. He's in like his, er he's in his like er early 30s. He and his wife both are. They've got this kid. His, I, his, his. Shout out, Pratik and Olivia. Got this Um, kid. This kid, y'all, is. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, um, uh, but like his, his Pratik's parents would come from India and stay with him and his wife every now, Mm -hmm. every now and again, and Olivia would always be like, "Yeah." His parents start cooking at like nine and ten in the morning, so I have like the smell of like dal. Like in my kitchen and an all adult. of these
0: spices and stuff. Indian um, food was such an awakening for me as an adult. Dude, it's that so, was so fucking good.
1: indie like Indian food, was like groundbreaking when I tried it. I yeah. adore Indian food, but this guy just like can freaking cook and knows what he's doing and knows that you know being like you know. The you know hashtag starving artist that you know I am. Sure. I uh, I always appreciate a free meal. Um, I know. So, hey,
0: you know what though? It's that's totally fine because I'm the one that's like all my starving artist friends when they come to stay in Chicago. You know if they yeah. do, I'm like, hey, stay. P.S. Stay with me, everyone, because you'll get yeah yeah, yeah you'll get a yeah, free yeah, meal yeah. out of it. Like it's I, like um, a B and B at my place for no money. yeah i but i
1: i love this guy's cooking and he makes all sorts of other stuff and he he definitely like whenever he's in a you know new area of the city he will scope out his favorite spots but he is you know he's he's definitely someone who is like a big his he has a big philosophy of that food brings people together oh yeah and so it's it's definitely something for him that runs a lot deeper than just the act of cooking. Even I need to meet he,
0: this person because I feel like we have a lot in common. <laughs> you, you, like, let me tell you, you guys would get into
1: some interesting conversations to say the least.
0: I would probably just want to hear him talk the whole time about Indian food because that's, yeah, that's like a, that's a food genre that... I I tend to not really cook myself because unless it's like right pre-mixed curries or things like that I know yeah because it's like the the, the spices are so intricate and the and even changing the amounts can change the kind of curry you've made like it's so specific and regional and down to even family recipes so that's amazing though that you know there's someone out there who's like that in in your life in in New York I always worry about you too because I'm like oh I'm not there to like cook for him and take care of him because I don't know you're sort of like another little brother to me you're like my little brother that isn't biological because I do have a little brother but he's six years younger than me so he's you know his world is so different from mine and you know we're cool and like we love each other and we're like he and I are bros but I'm like you are the more like level with me like you're the same like we've got a little more of the same lived experience we have more We have more in common because we're like yeah the same age yeah so, yeah yeah and you know it's so funny I always like to it sounds so like not stereotypical but just kind of like horny that all the men in my life who I don't date basically become <laughs> brothers but it's so right. true it's like the connection is so much like a brother connection like all the guys in the house you know, Aaron, Derek, Matt, Nick, they're like my big brothers. Yeah. I was the young one. I was the young one in that situation, which, you know, was different from me and you and, you know, and Richard is like a big brother to me too. So like all these, all these, I have lots and lots of brothers in my mind. So, but, but, you know, I, yeah. (laughs) You,
1: you, I definitely, you know, very quickly when we first met, thought of you like a brother. You kept my, you kept my ass out of trouble um and i definitely i didn't get my own
0: ass (laughs) well i was not good at that for myself
1: (laughs) do as i say not as i do You know,
0: i i Um, did try to look out for you as much as i could you did
1: you did and you like you know if it wasn't for you who knows how many times i would have managed to step on my own dick you know what i mean
0: i mean you know i don't know i think i think too it's so hard at that age especially you know in college we're all still developing and I had my share of issues. You had, you know, whatever you were going through at that time, everyone's going through yeah. something at that yeah. time. You, and, you,
1: you and I definitely, there were, uh, I can think back to very specific times in college where you and I sort of just went shoulder to shoulder and like, we, we took on our shit together.
0: Yeah. It was a, a thing of like, it was one of the first times I think where I had someone that shared the, you know, the, the struggle, so to speak, it wasn't, you know, so many people in my life did have struggle, not to say that no one else did, but they, they, it was something that they knew how to take care of for themselves mostly. And if it was with other people, it wasn't me. So, you know, I didn't know what their, their experiences were like, but for me and you, it was a lot of, you know, you and I face similar, like not misgivings, but just like we face similar shit. And yeah, we we yeah. know that we have to power through, otherwise yeah. it's just gonna be disastrous. And I think that, you know, definitely kind of kept me aware of myself in some ways. Cause I was like, I have to remember that there are younger people in the room and mm-hmm. that they're impressionable. And right doesn't matter who you are, if an if a freshman sees what a junior is doing, they're gonna want to emulate it because that's right. the nearest thing they have to a professionalist a professional i suppose so like right i don't know that really definitely you and i i think were good to each other and that we helped keep each other in check and also just yeah. like we knew that if one of us was struggling we would help one another out it was like absolutely that, and i think that's what really true friendships are built on and you know and i luckily you know there are other people in my life for me that have been there too and it's But it's one of those things where it's like, I know of the one person that can help me in this moment. And in my case, it was, you know, as I was a junior and senior in school and as Richard was starting to figure out his life uh, Mm post-college, you and I were kind of like, you know, I was like, I know I can't beleaguer him with all of these things in a way. But for me and you, it's like you and I were just similar in how we struggled. And so it was easier to be empathetic and vulnerable I suppose is a a, a way to put it but I I mean yeah I can say you've never beleaguered me with anything Um, I I suppose I shouldn't put those words in his mouth too I really was I really didn't want to bother him at that point I knew that he was he was going on a very intense journey of his own and yeah yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I shouldn't have said beleaguered. <laughs> I just no, meant, like, it's, you know, I've never,
1: th- I've never, I've never in my time with you have I thought of like, you know, us helping each other through, you know, our mutual, you know, our individual trials and tribulations that we face, you know, through our lives as being mm-hmm. something that has been like taxing on me. Sure. Um, For but friends, I, I, it's, I, it should never be a burden. It should. It, I definitely, yeah. I mean, if there's one thing that I have you know, taken away is that I know what like real friendship looks like from like growing and like developing, you know, you know, such a bond with you is that it's like it's you know, it's not just someone you like to spend time with. It's someone that will get right into that deep dark hole that you're living in at in a moment. And if anything else, they're just gonna be there with you.
0: Sure, sure. They and can't
1: do anything, if they can't do anything else, they're just gonna be there for you.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think too, you know, That's one of the things that I really value about people, especially the people, you know, who I've gone on to meet and all that kind of thing too. It's, we all share that similar quality that was established with me and you, which was that, you know, people are going to be there for you in the, in the moments that are the hardest. And, you know, that's definitely something that me and Richard had at the beginning of our friendship. And that's something that Dylan and I have as, you know, partners. So it's Mm -hmm. definitely a quality that I think I knew of, but you definitely were the one that I think inspired me to look for that in other people and realize that Mm -hmm. your friends don't have to be the popular ones. They can be the ones that just treat you like who you really are and who are good to you. You know, and I think that was a big hurdle I had to go through was kind of questioning why the people who I viewed as more socially successful than me, why couldn't I be their friend at that time? Well, I was crazy, but like you know, (laughs) that's the reason. But at this you know, at the same time, it's like I still learn to value it's like, you know, there are people who accept me in my crazy. And right, those are the people who I would I should gravitate towards first. You know, and not to poo-poo on everyone else, but you know, it, it, we all become friends in different ways too. That's kind of the beauty of life right. is that friendships are formed right. out of so many different, various situations. But with me and you, it was so instant and so, you know, like we, forgiving we were of like, each other's misgivings and problems yeah. and stuff. Like we didn't see each other for that.
1: Yeah, and um, no, it was like definition of right place, right time. I couldn't sure. have. Uh, I couldn't have found like a better best friend to have personally.
0: I, oh, that's sweet. <laughs> that makes me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. I I just feel so lucky that I have more than one person in my life that I can share such a deep friendship with. And, you know, I, I'm lucky that you came into my life when you did just because I feel like, you know, you were actually one of the first people too that really showed me. It's like being a role model is important. And, Doing the right thing is important. It's it's not about it's not always about how people are gonna perceive you. Yeah. It's about principle. And I think our friendship really showed me that I had to have principle in order to maintain some kind of stasis for myself in life. Because I'd never really lived with principle before. It was always just kind of willy-nilly. I just did what I did. And and so yeah, I really feel like having that sort of awareness that I did have such an influence on someone from the start. I'm like, Oh, I had to kind of take a step back and be like, okay, I can't be doing some of the things I'm doing and expect to be a good role model. You know, I can't, I have to figure some shit out in order to be a person who I would want, I would want to look up to. So, yeah, I, I think you were very instrumental in me kind of, growing into the empathetic person that I am and accepting person that I am and you know I I'm always appreciative that I've got so many people in my life that you know have, have become my family my chosen family in addition to my real family and it's I don't know it's 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 kind of startling sometimes to kind of take a look around and it's like oh shit wow I have I have good people around like it's and I'm glad you know it's
1: i'm not alone
0: i'm not alone anymore (laughs) yeah like i i I would definitely say that you
1: know that idea of being a good role model i i have definitely as i've gotten older found myself in the same positions of you know i i I joked about do as i say and and, you know not as i do before mm -hmm. but now now i find myself in this position of you know uh, you know again coming to a place of where i have acting on you know acting on principle and doing what you know you know following through with the advice that i give other people now and Mm -hmm. you know you know being a role model for people in their like early 20s who are in my life now and you know i find myself in that position now that i'm older and i i would definitely say that you know in turn when like you know back when we were in school together i definitely you know you you definitely like we're a great role model and I kind of try to follow suit because it's just like, I want, you know, my best friend to be proud of me.
0: Yeah. And I'm, of course I'm leaps and bounds proud of you because you've, you've gone so much further than I did in theater. And I mean, you know, you went on to study in Russia and you did, you know, all sorts of work with that theatrical culture, which isn't, you know, so fascinating to me just to read about. And not only that, but, you know, you did the thing that, I not didn't have the guts to do, but that I didn't really want for myself, but I wanted for everyone who did it, who did it, which was you moved to New York and you, you started to make a life for yourself. And then the pandemic happens and everything goes to hell. But, you know, like you, you did the things though, that I, I knew you would, you set out for yourself. It wasn't, I never questioned that. I was like, no, Drew will do it. Like he'll do it because he's, he's got guts and he, you know, he's, He is the risk taker that I, you know, that I knew you to be at the time. You just honed it in a lot. (laughs) Like, you know, you've 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 crafted the risk taking is, but yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I definitely, I'm definitely, you know, very proud of all the things you've done. And, you know, it it, it warms my heart a lot to know that I, I had any kind of positive influence on a friend, you know, that's always so flattering and, you know, humbling. For me because right. to me it's just like I just want to be a good guy <laughs> I just want to be like I just want to vouch <laughs> yeah. for people that's really all I want you know and if it works <laughs> that is the best thing
1: at the end of the day that's all you can ever hope to be right
0: yeah and I mean that's always been how I am you know and I show it a lot through food and I, it's kind of where this whole podcast came from you know you've, Speaking you've, of had, that was that I I didn't know how to befriend people after college because I was so broken mentally. That the only thing I knew was like, well, I know I can cook really good food, and that comes from the heart, and I hope that they understand that, and they did. Yeah, all the guys, you know, they got it immediately. They're like, oh, this is how he shows his affection for us. It isn't through, yeah. you know, it, it isn't through all these other things. It isn't through conversation necessarily. It is he cooks for us because he he wants us to be close, and yeah. you know, I that's at least that's what I hope they thought, but like you know, I I, I think that's what it was, but. Yeah, it's definitely just who I am to just be like, I want people all to have. <laughs> I want every. I want to take everyone to the fair to get cotton candy. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's who I am. <laughs> right, right. I, some people think it's the other way around. Jack Parker's fair is where you get cotton candy. Well, I'm gonna fucking <laughs> take you there. Like you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I believe in fairness and and but fair like responsibility with it too. Not just an yeah. equal inequality yeah. of voice, but you know, I do think that people deserve a chance and yeah. you know, I was given so many chances by so many different people, despite the misgivings I came to understand later on. Mm-hmm. And it's like, damn people were patient. <laughs> you know, it's like, I need, yeah. to, I need to show that and I need to, yeah. I need to give that back. So, um, absolutely, but, uh, I let's let's wrap up here with the, the food because this is this is going to be like the heart most heartfelt episode of the entire show. I'm oh, man. like, I'm like, I'm a like, lot not... of like, it's a lot of me and Drew just like loving on each other, but that's great. <laughs> that, I mean, that's what we do. Like, you know, we, I mean, it, that is a great, actually, it is a great thing to example of our friendship is that you and I are kind of, we're yes men to each other. And I think any good friend is that type of person to their about to their closest friends but yes. you and i are like sensible yes men to one another we know how to sound <laughs> things off of one another yeah and we've also break we've it also into been, a
1: logical thing and we've also been capable of calling each other out on yeah shit.
0: yeah we know it's like that's I don't something know that we be, are
1: that's something we're not afraid to do with one another
0: yeah and i mean i think it's because we do it and what I view is the healthy way where is it it's not like it can never be improved you know yeah. or that it can never be worked on or that it's yeah such a such a fault that it it's cause for you know the uh what am I trying to say it's like it's not a fault it's like a thing of look I mean this is something that you are grappling with or this is something that you need to work on but that you'll get it done like I know yeah. you'll work on it and get it done there's just like a A weird heightened level of respect, I feel like, when it comes to criticism. And you
1: know, and you know what I think that comes out of is that, you know, there was, there was, you know, there was about like four or five months where you and I didn't talk for various reasons. We, 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 we had a bit of a, I don't want to call it a falling out, but like we just, we need to take some time because we just, we weren't, we weren't seeing eye to eye.
0: No. And I think, um,
1: yeah. And and I think, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No. Yeah. But like, I think once we kind of like, got over that mm-hmm. once we kind of like once we kind of got over ourselves. That's like, really what we, it
0: was. Yeah. Or at think, least for I myself. Th- yeah.
1: For me too. We both we both kind of just had to like swallow our pride and get off our, you know, get off our high horses and meet back down on planet Earth. That um, you know, I think yeah. I think that I think that experience has only tempered the relationship. Sure.
0: And you know, the one thing I, you know, think about now especially is that everyone makes choices in life that are their choices to make and whether or not you agree with them or you know respect them or whatever it is that is not grounds for the complete demolition of a relationship yeah it's just like how i i think there's this weird idea that some people think and It comes with maturity, too. I think this whole idea of respect, but you know, I think some people really in their youth do think that one disagreement is grounds for it all to be gone because yeah, everything has to be perfect for some reason. Especially that was the very first time you and I ever truly disagreed with one another. That was like like, had any kind of feeling that wasn't um proponent. It was or like to the other person. It was very. I have a set of beliefs that I agree with and why are you not agreeing with them? And that is where the sort of the triggering came from, I guess. And down the line, you know, once I was like, you know, I didn't take into account, you know, I, I didn't, what am I trying to say? I didn't get mad at people for telling me that I shouldn't have moved to Chicago when I knew that was my path. And I didn't blame them for that. And I'm like, I need to do the same thing, you know? And I think too, it's, it's hard at that, at that time, it was hard too, because I was, you know, still kind of like on my own. I hadn't really gotten as close as I am with the guys. And, you know, it was, um, it it was just a hard time. That's the thing. It was a difficult time. And once you're out of the difficult time, the grass is always greener.
1: Yeah. And so it's like, yeah. you know,
0: I shouldn't be so persnickety about this when I can't deny you your happiness or your goals to achieve what you want in life. I can't deny mm-hmm. you of that. That's not being a friend. So, yeah. you know, I think for myself, that was the thought process. And you're right. It did definitely give a better perspective to our friendship because I think it allowed for us to know that we can have opposing ideas or disagreements, but that doesn't eliminate the respect that we have for one another. Nor does it mean that we can't entertain those notions as in our own mind. It, it kind of gives a gateway to be like, "Let me try to see this from your perspective," rather than "I just disagree with it." That's it.
1: Yeah, yeah. We're it, it's kind. Uh, it's a little bit like we have sort of the um, the like, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, kind of just like the H
0: No. <laughs> the Midas something like that just
1: just sort of like sort of like like you know the the zenith of like understanding that you wish all people had for one another sure in terms of like being able to like say you know yes this is you know this is my perspective but you know being able to comprehend the perspective of another Uh, can only improve me i don't necessarily have to buy in or believe but maybe Mm. i can take five minutes to like walk in another person's
0: shoes sure yeah and it's yeah that's totally right i get yeah for sure but yeah it's i don't know it's um it's definitely like i feel like my relationship with you is so just unique in that way and that you know we were able to you know you live across the country basically or halfway across the country from me usually when yeah. you're in New York and yeah. And not in Lincoln, you're not halfway across the country right now, but like, uh, but either way, we don't, we, you know, we don't live in the same regions. And I no. think that's really telling of our friendship too, because, you know, I, I can still have such a, such a fulfilling relationship and friendship with you from far away. And, and that I, that I really think takes, takes effort, and that you know, takes willpower and you know a lot whole lot of love too, but yeah, you know, but yeah, we could go on and on, but the point is i I am proud of you and i and I'm you know happy that you're seeking out what you want to do in life, and that you've never had that uh I feel like that's never not that's always been the option, there's never right. been another option and right i'm you know it's just nice that you've stuck with it, and I'm happy about that. Um, but anyway let's wrap up because we're on I think like an hour and 40 minutes (laughs) oh my god yeah well that always happens it always happens I'm always like oh it'll never be that long and I have to I'm doing two of these today too uh Kate Kate Demaret is next oh
1: wow tell her i for "Mm -hmm."
0: me. I will and I'm like that's gonna be a miracle because she was the first friend I made that liked to cook and yeah. so that's a whole subset of things we have to talk about. That's... And I'm like, and we're not talking until eight because she has to put her kids to bed. Oh my God. Yeah. And I'm like, She's oh my it. God, it's going to go into the evening. <laughs> They're growing up so fast too. It's crazy to see how fast they grow up. I met her daughter when she was still an infant, like still in, oh in, in, yeah. in a in a carrier. And I'm like, oh my God, to see them talking and right making sentences and like comprehending. It's always weird. To watch kids grow up like that. And you know. It's wild. Know that you know at one point in life. You and that friend had swore off children. Because you hated them when you were both 20. <laughs> right? and, then, and then she has the cutest children. That are so funny. When I visited her before the pandemic. this was maybe a couple years ago now. Her son was I think two. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And her, her daughter was like very newborn still. Um, but her son would just tip things over walk around tip things over Uh uh-oh walk around tip more things over it
1: was the funniest.
0: i could see kate just being like oh my god and and to me i'm just thought it was the funniest thing because i'm like this is like what this is like what my brother and i were it's like why do things fall it's like they're just still like why is this falling you know if i do this little do they know the mess they're making or the amount of stress right right it's just just I couldn't literally, help but laugh. Oh, literally
1: I, exploring physics and having no comprehension. Yeah, no of understanding. Anything
0: else? Yeah, you can't just give them a book. You know, it's right? Like, exactly. They'll throw it on the ground and wonder why it fell faster than the thing they just pushed over. You know, it's just like, like
1: it's, just, it's it's just like it's time for a nap there,
0: Isaac Newton. You <laughs> literally. <laughs> um, but my last question. So my last question for you uh, is the one I ask. It's a everyone. It's the I used to call it the clickbait question. Now I just call it the top fives. <laughs> so uh, your top five food loves and food hates. You don't have to have five of each, but I just feel like that's an adequate number. If people have a lot, so you know.
1: Yeah.
0: But do you have your top fives?
1: Uh yeah, let's see if I can remember them.
0: Uh, sure. Let's do loves first. I tend to do loves, loves first. Yeah.
1: Coffee. Yes dark chocolate salted caramels um mexican food of okay. chinese food
0: these are all good. And, these are all good choices
1: and i feel i'd be amiss if i didn't mention beer
0: yeah for sure i would be like why I, if, if i didn't notice it, i'd go back in the notes later when i'm editing and be like why didn't he talk about beer like you know, you'll just you'll you'll remove one of them and you'll just dub over beer beer <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or i would I, I would probably be like drew should have mentioned beer here too like i'll add in my own footnotes into the episode but yeah 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 um that's. Do you have, like, a specific kind of beer that you prefer? Because for me, it's German, like, Kolsch, mm-hmm. like, Kolsch's or, you know, the kind oh, of lighter, yeah. zingier beers rather than the dark, malty, bitter, or bitter ones. Um, I can tell, like, IPAs are not my thing
1: because sure. you just, you taste the hops. It's like, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want like to dr- drink grass. That's yeah, how I, I see I, it. Yep, I don't I like it. I, like, I... For a little context, I spent two and a half years working in a job in the beer industry, so I got to try a lot of beer, and I got to learn a lot about beer and, you know, a little bit about beer and food pairings, but sure. not not a ton in that regard, but, you know, you learn a lot about, like, you know, the ingredients that go into beers, how a little bit of the active chemistry involved, um and just like what makes beer taste the way it does yeah um and why it's good um i do i tend to go for definitely definitely the german styles are what i like i do tend to go for a little bit more of the maltier things like the marzins or the box um but i will always have a good lager just because they're so universal
0: sure i do
1: like lager too
0: yeah um I was gonna say, you know, the one thing I think is so interesting now that I start reading more and more books during this pandemic, and you know, buying more and more bookshelves. To Dylan's chagrin, uh, we <laughs> there's so many things about how beer is such a important part of world history that is not really yes. discussed, and so I'm kind of starting to. I found a book. It's I'm gonna order it. I think, and it's really about that. There's also the book The History of the World in Six Glasses, and Earn six beverages mm-hmm. or six drinks, whatever it's called, but beer is one of them. But yeah, yeah beer is like fascinating. And who knew? I mean, I feel they, like we all grow up and like drink Budweiser on Super Bowl Sunday oh, yeah, beer. Like
1: and then and you and don't understand
0: like, it, that like beer has literally like been a drink since before the Egyptians.
1: Like, you know, yeah. And know? Like, it's just like it's just like, and then you're in college with like the natty light and oh, like you know the abs- you know Just the absolute piss water that is. PBR
0: experienced its its resurgence when we were in college. PBR was the the beer of choice. That was like like, that. That was highbrow drinking in your early 20s. Dude, I mean, I don't mind a Budweiser or a Mick Ultra with like a burger. If I eat American food, I firmly believe you should drink American beer because they're meant to be eaten with stadium food type of thing. Yes. But that doesn't mean I won't, you know, turn down a good German beer if, anyway. If, but if you're I mean, looking yeah. for
1: other if you're looking for other reading on beer, I highly recommend the brew master's table that is written by the. I believe former head brewer of the Brooklyn Brewing Company. Okay. That's a book he wrote. And then there is um, Tasting Beer and Radical Brewing, both by um, Randy Mosher.
0: Tasting. So those are two books, Tasting Beer and. Radical Brewery, yeah, Radical two separate brewing. books. Okay,
1: yeah, two separate books. Same guy. If you're looking, um, there's I forget the name of it, but there's uh, I think it's called like you know, Brewmaster's Wives or something, which is a lot of like older old history sure. of beer. There's a lot of it's it's interesting. You'll see a lot of people trying to learn like old medieval German because yeah. they're trying to like translate old recipes Pretty that much. came from like you know that came from like third century brewer monks.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting to me too. One, why do monks make so much alcohol? And two, especially if you're a celibate person, why do you make alcohol? That's my question. Maybe they weren't right. celibate back well, then, or like, or, or not drinking. But like, I, to me, it, that's interesting—the monk thing. But also, I, it is very true. German is just basically very old English, like yes, in its structure yes. and and words, and so. I I kind of want to learn German just so I can have a better understanding of European cuisine because a lot yeah. of it is in if, German.
1: Like if you want to get if you want to get into interesting history of beer, uh, you should look at the story of the Maybach.
0: Okay. The Maybach. Um,
1: yeah, it was. It it's a style of beer that was made by German brewer monks. They were looking for something to substitute for water because it's medieval times. The water sure. was undrinkable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They made they made a beer and they sent it to um uh Rome for the Pope to try because they're like, can this be a substitute during the time of Lent? Sure. Which if you don't know what Lent for those of you who don't know what Lent is, it's basically a time of like uh fasting and like, you know, self-denial um for Christians. It's 40
0: days of absolute pure hell is what it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had to give up Coca Cola for forty days every year growing up for Lent because I yeah. was like, "You can't drink soda during Lent." She's it's, gonna kill it, me for making fun of her on this
1: show. <laughs> But um, the the problem with it was is that this this beer got heavily infected along the way, so it tasted terrible when the Pope tried it. And he's like, "Hell sure. yes, this stuff sucks." Yeah. But needless to say, that <laughs> beer did not. Hell yeah, that beer it's horrible. <laughs> that that beer did not taste nearly as bad in the home region in germany so you just had a lot of very drunken happy peasants that's a very simplified version of the story well
0: um i think it's interesting too that beer you know alcohol in general and wine too was usually used as an antiseptic in ancient yes civilizations it was not it wasn't like you drank a glass of beer it was you took a glass of beer and put it in a barrel of water and then you drank that
1: yeah yeah, so like it
0: was it was a del- it was a measure used to kill off whatever lingering bacteria was still in the water. This was right before world pollution and famine, you know, like, yeah. you know, this is the, the ancient times. Fun
1: alcohol fact um, during the start of the pandemic, um, a lot of tequila distilleries um started to come out with hand sanitizer. Yeah. Well, we bought a lot and
0: gin, gin and vodka. Gin, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, that was so there's
1: a lot of, there's a lot of hand sanitizer rolling, running around New York. That smells vaguely of tequila.
0: We have the gin one and it kind of does smell like juniper a little bit. And it's kind of like, I oh, love, yeah. I love the smell of gin. I hate the smell of vodka, but no, there was, there was a huge push at the beginning of the pandemic here. Cause there's so many local distilleries in Chicago. I yeah. mean every target grocery store anywhere it was like like we're not making gin this week we're making yeah. hand sanitizer and you could buy yeah. you could buy Jack Daniel's hand sanitizer or like you know uh whatever I think it was like Beefeater hand sanitizer because they usually make gin but it was so right. weird to see like all these alcohol companies but you know to me That just reminds me of like World War Two, when all the metallurgy companies and welding companies switched to making planes or exactly making material for war. Like, but the mere fact that these companies were not forced by law to do it. it, I have I gained a lot of respect for the alcohol industry. I was like, you know, that's pretty badass, you know. absolutely
1: i mean it's to a certain degree it's just like all right there is a supply and demand going on let's
0: get in on this and this and they do a drink right now because drinks can't save your life or help save your life but yeah the money the money they're
1: the money they're giving back to um you know special interest groups to keep restaurants and bars open like that's you know, that's, mm. you know, nothing to sneeze at, you know, yeah, it's and- just, it's hard when it's 10 a.m. And I'm like, what, you know, putting hand sanitizer on <laughs> and I'm like, you know, and I'm like in the back of my head, I'm like, do I have like salt and limes in the fridge?
0: My worry would be like, if I put hand sanitizer on and walk in somewhere and they're like, are you drunk? Like, Smell <laughs> <Right? laughs> <not> like alcohol.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm not, not like drunk, I like- promise. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Um. Okay. So uh, do you have your top five food hates?
1: Oh gosh, this is actually harder than the loves. Um, okay. I've never liked pears. Oh, interesting. Um, okay. Yeah. They're just not my thing.
0: Um, I like them in the fall. They're kind of, a fall I don't for me.
1: I, I always, I never like it when, so my, I, it's a little vague, but, um, I never like it when you put fruit in an entree dish, like in a warm entree dish. Okay. Um, That's, that's always strange to me. My dad, actually, I, he, he'd kick my ass if I didn't tell you. Um, But uh, my dad in the last year has, you know, gotten very, very much into cooking since he's been home. Sure, Um, sure. Yeah. He used to, he used to get this magazine that would have like recipes and, you know, cooking tips in it. But the problem was, is that they would ask for these dishes would be like, you know, Oh, you have to. You know, basically, they would call for something that only a fresh French chef would know how to do.
0: Yeah. Or, or the like, other thing too is like a lot of the magazine recipes that aren't Food Network. Food Network is good about this, but a lot of the yeah. other ones, are like, take half of your day and make the first part of this recipe. Yeah, it takes <laughs> like, like six like, hours oh to make. <laughs> yeah.
1: It takes like it's yeah. So like he's just like he got really frustrated. So something that my mom did is he signed him up for a subscription to a different magazine, and it's a far more like you still make incredible dishes but yeah. like this is this is all stuff that like you know you can feasibly do he sure. I think he very much enjoys you know following the recipe taking his own spin on it doing it again making it better um he says you're he he wanted me to pass on the information by the way that you're welcome over anytime that you can come over to cook with him
0: I would love to do that and I. Definitely Dylan and I want to take a vacation As soon as this pandemic is fucking over And we are like financially able to And I would love to come to Nebraska I mean Dylan uh-huh. wants to come back to Nebraska And see my family But I'd love to come over yeah. and cook Although I wonder what we could cook together I'm not good at cooking with people Like that's well, not a strong point for me He'll <laughs> cook. I'm listen, so solitary he'll, usually
1: He'll just cook for you If you want a free meal He'll cook and for you I'm
0: in, that's fine Shellfish. You know what I mean?
1: You don't even you don't even need to be. I, I don't even need to be there. Like, you know, my parents love you. Why is so. your dad's
0: name escaping me right now? Why can't you think of his name? Mike. Mike, that's right. Hey, I knew it started with an M, but I'm mm-hmm. like, but tell Mike yeah. that I want lobster and shrimp and <laughs> steak. I want surf he, and turf. Let's do a surf and turf now.
1: <laughs> he actually he actually made surf and turf. Uh, about two weeks ago and it was great. Oh, it's, we were laughing. He was, he was, he was looking at my mom and he's like, you know, cause we had, like I said, at the start, we had lobster tail this Christmas and he's like, and he's just like, you know, Vicky, is there anything? That you would ever want me to make with lobster? She's like, yeah, lobster bisque. And he's like, good. I have twelve more tail lobster tails in the freezer, and no one knew that he bought them in bulk because I guess that's the only way he could get them. But we're like, what the
0: hell? What? Oh my god, I would do like lobster rolls. I know that's the mm-hmm. thing here because Dylan's from that region, but bisque is a good one. Oh man, yeah, lobster he's, bisque is—they're so. F- It's so funny. We're talking about all these really good things. I would never make it home, but it's so funny. Like I have found that I've craved like the most super rich food. You can really only get in restaurants. And it's like, yeah. God damn it. I can't go to restaurants right now. That's, and that's order half of these things. Like
1: that's half of the, I think that's a lot of the reason is that, you know, my dad, my dad's always been a good cook, but like he just, he started finding these new recipes and trying his hand at them. And every night my mom and I are just consistently blown away and we're like, I'm just like, holy hell, do I really need to go back to New York?
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, But no, I would love to have your dad's cooking and yeah just to see your family again I always loved visiting your family your mom always used to come visit me when I worked at shopco she would (laughs) go she she would go go to shopco and she she would know the days I was there at one point yeah I would tell I told her it's like come on like Tuesdays Thursdays and Sundays because I'm usually working those days that was like like, she showed
1: up she would go on those days and like that was like another thing it's just like you know Didn't even need to put that on the list. She's like, this is part of the ShopCo experience for me
0: now. You get to see Wesley, yeah. It's so funny, too. If I saw her, it was always really funny because uh, she would wait in line for me to be her cashier. And I always thought that was so sweet because I'm always like, you can go to someone else's line and I can, you know, it's fine. I'm I'm here all the time. But, you know, I always felt bad because she usually meant she'd have to wait to get into my line. But
1: you're stuck with us, you know?
0: (laughs) But no, I did. That is a fond memory I have of, of your family. And I used to, I mean, we used to hang out at your parents' house all the time. So in your oh, basement, yeah. we would watch movies in your basement or play pool. I miss playing pool in your basement. That's probably one still thing. Still got is, that. That's one memory got I got really have. Yeah. You'd always whoop my ass, too. And I always think I'm so good at it. I'm like, I'm so good at playing pool. And then every one of my friends is like, no, Wesley, you actually really suck.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's thanks. it's
1: It's tradition that I. <laughs> kick ass at that
0: table it, well you have it that's the thing i forget it's like well he lives there so yeah. or he lived there so however long they've had it he's probably had time to practice i spent i
1: spent all of high school just getting really good at pool
0: i think i always think i'm good because i won one tournament in middle school <laughs> like oh god against, yeah it's probably the worst pool player i'd ever met you know it was like i only just, won because uh, he sucks take the trophy at uh Lincoln Elementary, yeah, you know? <laughs> it was Irving Middle School. I went, to Irving. <laughs> oh, God. I went to Irving, yeah. My elementary school was Prescott. So that was, that's in oh, my gosh. neighborhood though. That, it's an old school. It's a gorgeous school, but it's old. Um, Pres- oh yeah. Um, what else? So so pears, fruit and entrees. And entrees, I said that wrong. Um, and then did you um, have any other hates? I can't think of anything. If whoever we went out to eat and you, you said explicitly, I don't like that. I always feel like you're willing to try things.
1: I, my attitude with food is if I haven't had it before, I'm not going to make any preconceived, like, you're not going to not like it off the bat. I'm not going to not like it off the bat. There are things that I prefer over others. Like I'm not really big on pork. I don't like if my dad cooks a ham, like I'll obviously eat it. Sure. But, you know, I have my preferences, but I don't know if there's anything that, like, I actively avoid. Sure, sure. That's, and
0: that's fine. I mean, I think that that's good because it's, I mean, no offense to Dylan, but he's picky. And, yeah. You know, I, he, I mean, he's, he's not as picky as he was. And he definitely, I will say, to give him credit, 85% of the food I cook, he'll love if he's never had it before. Right. But I don't get to eat a lot of the same foods I used to. I mean, that's probably for yeah. better because it was just like cheese and potatoes, but like, yeah. you know, and butter. But like the thing is, is like I, I I do appreciate it when, you know, someone views it the other way around of not being afraid to not like it. Rather, maybe I will like it because I just you have kind of uh, an expansive palate. Ew. yeah
1: i think i think one of the great parts about living in like a major city is that you get exposed to so many different like oh, culinary yes. styles oh, um yeah. uh you know other cultures of food other you know sorts of takes on like you know dishes fusion cooking is a thing like it's you know you get exposed to so much and it's just like why not try it yeah you can and find, especially
0: you know Cities like New York and Chicago, L.A., those three cities really lead the charge, I think, on United States food culture. Maybe Austin, Texas, too. Yeah. um, And Miami. Yeah, Texas, too. But like... Miami. But like those... Okay, so those five cities, rather, those Mm -hmm. are the food cities. And it's so true. You go there and... Not only do you get the regional cuisine and the and the average cuisine that people just like, you know, that's the you know like pizza or things like that, but they're so specified to those areas, and especially in New York, I mean, my God, just New York is its own beast of a food culture, and so oh, is Chicago, yeah. and you know, and yeah. but they're so different, which is why I love them. And New York I, I, is a lot of kind of the like original Italian American cuisine. Yes, and yes. Chicago is the modified Midwestern original. Like it's like the original yes. our <laughs> version of it. Like, yes, but I yes. love that. I love that. You know, living in a big city definitely. It, it, it's it's like um, throwing a giant dictionary on the table as far as and sometimes and you know what sometimes there's you
1: know, and sometimes at the same time there's nothing quite like a dollar slice. Like I Me have too. my. I have my spot in Manhattan that I will walk the 20 minutes. If I'm in like the like general vicinity to get my dollar slice. Sometimes there's nothing like a Nathan's chili dog on a walk through the park. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. And we, you know, my old, my, or not my old friends, my friend's old apartment used to be next to a pizza place here called Bartoli's. And they're one of the few pizza places that sells the Bartoli's. No, that's, that's the brand. That's the brand in the freezer section. Yeah. What the fuck is the name of this pizza restaurant? Anyway, there they was one of the few... I'm, it sucks. Yeah. I, could, I could promote them. I'll voice it in. Um, sponsored. Sponsored. It. It's on... Okay, go to it. It's on the Addison Brown line. It's on Damon and Addison. So go to that one. And it's, oh, it's when, but in Chicago. But- yes,
1: no, I was I just I'm so sorry. I just thought of somewhere I went in Chicago the last time I was there when I saw you in Did I take York. you there? No. I think I took I'll you to you, Lose. You took me to Lose. I'll tell you what I went to with my boss when I was in Chicago was a little joint called Fatso's
0: Last Stand. Oh, that's that's a good place. Oh yeah. I, I think a lot of people here know that. That's in that area you were staying in, isn't it? Kind of yeah yeah but it's not by me because that was not my area
1: no I gotta say though that was a that was a bomb hamburger that I got there yeah that place was great you're in I I recommend that joint when I know people are headed to Chicago
0: sure I I'm trying to find this pizza place pizza place Addison and Damon No it is Bartoli's I was right oh, oh yeah, I was right that place is fucking bomb for pizza by the slice that's where i used to go when i would do studio sessions um for my first album that was where we would go eat and i was always funny because it was always they sold coke they're one of the few pizza places here that had coke for your oh no slice because everyone sells pepsi usually if they're the cheaper because pepsi's cheaper but like really okay fun industry fact pepsi's typically less expensive than coke just because it's because it's a smaller. It's technically I a feel, smaller company, like, and it's American. Yeah,
1: so. I'd buy that. I, yeah. I just I feel like, yeah, I just feel like I see Coke more
0: that I'm surprised that, you know, I, in yeah. a major
1: city, Pepsi sure. would be more.
0: But either way, Bartoli's had Coke with their pizza. And when we I was recording oh, wow. the album, I couldn't drink Coke when I was recording because it was, oh, it, yeah, it yeah So yeah. I would have to be like, just water. <laughs> yeah. <You're so sad. laughs> warm water I'd have to drink warm water with eating pizza on a hot day in the summer I recorded indigo during the summer here because your voice is best at about 85 degrees yeah and so we would kind of we would sit in our non-air-conditioned studio and they'd have a fan on in their room and I'd be in the soundproof room and you know having heartburn from pizza and warm water (laughs) oh no wonder. (laughs) I think uh, I did called after that one time. I think I was like, fuck this. I'll be fine. You, I mean, you're I'll, just, you're... I'll just breathe in the humid ass air. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, no, I do. I do agree with you, though. Having your street places to go. And I I, I wish Chicago had delis like New York. Yeah. God, I wish we had that. That's like the My, one thing we don't have.
1: I used to live in Greenpoint, Brooklyn. And... I'll tell you, the deli on the corner of my block might have made the greatest bacon, egg, and cheese.
0: Oh shit! I, I I've ever, it.
1: I've ever had. I don't like, doubt it. It was like the cheese to bagel ratio was like perfect. Like every bite, you got that like string from like mm-hmm. mouth
0: to like sandwich. Uh, that's how you know when it's good, by the There's way There's nothing that's... like a New York bagel, too I mean, oh, th- no. that's the first thing I get When I go to New York, is a bagel Yes, I get an I get a Lox bagel I get a Lox everything bagel with cream cheese That's the very first thing yes. And capers, I'll get yes. that if, at a deli Or if they don't have Lox Because sometimes they're sold out Because I fly in at night, usually I'll yes. <laughs> That's how I am uh, I'll get a breakfast bagel At some I... deli in New York Out
1: in Greenpoint out in Greenpoint, there's this joint called peter pan's donuts and um like there's there'd be a line out the door in the morning because this place is pretty well known um uh but there'd be a line out the door in the morning and like i might walk by at like two in the afternoon a little later if i'm just out and about in my neighborhood and that place was picked clean
0: sure yeah we god we had so many good donut places here and then a lot of them closed i think uh, i think the food trend shifted and yeah. they weren't as busy anymore because chicago cause go ahead sorry
1: <laughs> no no i i told you what you're saying because there, there came like a point when like you had a lot of those like specialty donut shops yes like and it kind of became like a, it was like the frozen yogurt craze and then like sure. you know people people are like i'm done with this health shit give me something that's going to clog my arteries a little more and then the donut craze happened
0: yeah and chicago like i said you know it's one of the Five cities, Chicago leads on food trend a lot. Yeah. Like we are in tune with what is trendy. And the day that the donut places were not really like trendy anymore, they went away. It was so crazy how quickly they all went. And now, you know, there are still good donut places around, but usually if I'm getting on the train, there's just Dunkin'. So, like, you know, and I get, you know, and it was so before the pandemic, I would get coffee almost every day from Dunkin um cuz it oh, was yeah. I usually worked dinner so it would I would get on the train at 2:30 or 3 and it was only a dollar for right coffee and the very sweet indian ladies that worked at the dunkin at the western brown line stop i hope it's still there when this pandemic is over they like knew my order they if i ordered a medium they'd just give me a large <laughs> they were so we, sweet
1: <laughs> I, I there was a dunkin donuts on the corner of the warehouse and I was like a regular fixture at yep. that joint. Like if I woke up later, you know, if I hit snooze, which was like every morning, sure. I would just, I would just breeze through and grab like my like large Duncan, Black coffee on my way into work.
0: Ooh, um, I have to get something in it. Black is just so. It's <laughs> there's a great joke that I got sent to me from the Mary Tyler Moore Show. So it's old, but it's Betty uh-huh. White. She says coffee experts agree. Co- uh, coffee should be enjoyed just as it comes from the pot, dark, rich, and black. And then she takes a sip and then she goes, "Just have a little cream and sugar." Like she's like <laughs> panicked that she drank black coffee. Like that's yeah, how yeah, I am yeah, with yeah. black coffee and Duncan yeah, especially. Yeah, yeah. Like just dump the hershey syrup in please like make that a <laughs> moment times four it's it's the only way i
1: can drink my coffee at this point
0: sure and that's so funny because i remember even you and i love i mean i love coffee and actually richard mm-hmm. and i are starting a podcast about coffee because he's obsessive about coffee oh like, so beyond like, us like
1: there yeah. are some like i mean is he like a full-on like coffee sommelier at this point or he's he's on his way does he do like the pour over thing with like he the is, glass? What
0: we're he doesn't have one but we're what we're trying to do is we want to test we want to taste test a different coffee every show. And we want to try right. it. You know, one day we'll do a drip cuz co- I do drip coffee cuz I'm old school. That's how my yeah. grandparents made coffee. You know, yeah. it's like that's just how I learned. Drip, it's
1: quick. Drip coffee is what I like grew up on, but then I think like junior year of college when I was in uh when i was doing my study abroad i tried french press for the first time that was a game changer for me
0: the french press that is such a specific i have to i have to like brew a specific coffee i have to do colombian really? roast with french press coffee which is not really? what you're supposed to use it for you're supposed to use it for french roast coffee because it brightens up the flavor but huh. french roast is so acidic and like you can taste the citrus in it and so for me it's like i like colombian because it's chocolatey tasting chocolate and coffee there's no better combo in the world for me chocolate coffee and cinnamon like those three
1: I buy these, those big like tin containers of some Colombian grounds sure. when I'm back in the city. And um, like you have to open it with a can opener because the top
0: is like. Oh, I love vacuum those. Sealed. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Those are like and the I, old school way of making, of packaging coffee.
1: Yeah. And so like, I, like when I pop it off, the first thing I get hit with is like this overwhelming aroma of like chocolate. Yes. And it's just like, and I'm just like, I know, I'm, I'm just like, I know this isn't something I can just straight up eat, but my God, if this see if, <laughs>
0: my mind's telling me, no, <laughs> but my body. But my body, it's telling me yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> there was a, a TJ Maxx. I bought this I think a couple of years ago for someone it was like a it was like a uh, we used to do like gift exchange at work like you put your name and you get someone buy them a gift and so I got someone one of my coworkers who was also coffee obsessed they worked in Starbucks and I got them it was a gourmet set of chocolate covered espresso beans but it was different kinds of beans instead of different kinds of chocolate so they had French roast beans uh, Columbia beans Sumatra beans like It was insane. Like, and I was like, I bet this would be really cool because you would get to actually taste the different espressos rather and how they pair with chocolate. My favorite, she let me try some. My favorite, of course, was the Colombian one. Yeah. yeah, It's chocolate on chocolate on coffee on chocolate. Like, you know, it's, but yeah, I do. I do love the chocolatey tasting roasts more than anything Yes. Yes.
1: I don't go. I'm, I usually don't French roast. I would kind of agree with you as like very acidic. Usually anything that isn't like something that's very well balanced, but full bodied. Mm -hmm. Those are, those are the roasts I usually go for. Um, but I remember, I remember like my sophomore year of college when I was living in the fraternity, I had that 12 cup maker sitting on my, um, sitting on like that little side table Mm -hmm. and, uh, any of like the guys in the house who would just walk into my room would be like, like they would stop in the doorway and just like be like, God, it smells like coffee in here.
0: Yeah, your room was permeated with the smell of coffee. <laughs> Like, People? I made coffee for myself in the fraternity, but just in the morning, like, because yeah. I would go buy coffee somewhere.
1: Like, because I, I, I was I was making it morning, noon and night. Is oh, no,
0: the you thing. know what I would do? I worked in the library, so I would just drink the library coffee because the workers got it for free. Yeah, no, it wasn't bad coffee. Everyone thinks was it, it was bad. It was actually pretty decent. We would buy like we try to get coffee that was like palatable because right. all the librarians agreed. We're like, we hate bad coffee. Like, cause right. they live on coffee, and so right. we would buy sometimes Dunkin', sometimes it would be Starbucks. One times we, one time we did get a bag of Starbucks coffee from the cafe,
1: yeah,
0: because it was near expiration, and we knew we would plow through it before it expired. Oh, you you'd be gone with it like next day, in, yeah, in, in a week, yeah, it expired in two weeks. We're like, we'll be gone with it in a week, but I remember yeah, for yeah. a week we had Starbucks coffee. And no one knew yeah. we didn't tell, we didn't fucking tell anybody, Like you know, we're like, we're not coffee, telling people that
1: like, I very, I very quickly learned on that campus. That coffee was something that I would have to be responsible for myself because I got one. I had that dining hall coffee that we had. And first off, no flavor, just might as well have been dishwater. Second off, second of all, you get to the bottom of the cup and you've got like, you know, you've got like grounds and like granules the size of a you know gravel at the bottom of the cup yeah and it's just like you know you take your final you know sip and you're just like oh god why is it chewy why is it crunchy
0: why is yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 no i i hated the coffee that was in the cafeteria the one that was mm. in the cafe was good because that was the cafe
1: stuff was good i there's this one guy behind the coffee house i got to be like pretty buddy buddy with him he'd always throw me in an extra shot
0: yeah of espresso i see for me i was always i i usually didn't have enough money to pay for starbucks all the time but i would always drink the the library coffee because it, yeah. it was so funny too because like if you worked there back then if you worked there it was free you did not have to put in the 75 cents for a refillable or re, right. refills we just made it and then would would give ourselves coffee. Like, and we had a we have a giant coffee maker in the back we have a big bun like restaurant style coffee maker so it was oh yeah so it was like why not but um yeah yeah, yeah. that I that is a very distinct memory I have of college is just what I didn't have taste of coffee it was like if it was coffee it was coffee and it fueled Mm -hmm. like that was it (laughs) but (sighs) well anyway I is there anything else you want to talk about or, you know, stuff um, we didn't get to, or I know we've had a really long sh- winding conversation. So
1: we've touched a lot, like, you know, a lot on, you know, as much as we've segued, we talked a lot about
0: food. Oh yeah. A lot for about sure. food. And just a lot of, you know, I, my, um, my page of notes is like, Oh, you can't see it. It's like half like, Oh gosh. I, I kind of got in a after sense. this. Yeah. yeah. But it's, but. I have just had ideas down. I don't know what I'm going to make for your episode for the recipe yet. I might do the beef stew. I'll,
1: you know what I'm, you know what I'll do? I'll look up that Italian steak recipe yeah. and see if you're interested. Yeah.
0: Send that please. It's a, for sure.
1: it's a, it's a little bit of, um, it takes some prep a little bit, but I think it'll be, I think you'll, I think you'll dig it.
0: Sure. So let I me, mean, let I me... mean, it sounds really good. So I really want to, and I know Dylan will eat it, so I'll definitely have. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It. Let me, let me look it up. And, um, uh, because I'll tell you this, I'll tell you, this is a very important aspect of family cooking for me is sure. that when I was like a kid, like a little kid, my mom put together this gigantic, it, we, with this gigantic three ring binder, like a three and a half mm-hmm. inch three ring binder of recipes. And those recipes are from like my mom and her sisters. Mm -hmm. And then my grandmother and all of my grandmother's sisters. And then like my great grandmother. So it's like the family recipe book. There's some stuff in there from like my uncles and stuff. Um, But she compiled it all on the computer, arranged the entire thing. Um, So that is also a place where we get a lot of our information. But I I would be amiss to not mention this because, you know, it's also tradition that everybody gets one when they move out
0: see that's that's like how you've seen my big binder of food haven't you like my big it's a huge blue binder and it says wesley's recipes on it oh my gosh i'm i it you, it has like red eyes. piping on it like it's just a big binder yeah that that's what i was given when i turned 12 13 god i'm not that old am i jesus I mean, that's, that that binder is 15 years old but it's yeah it's every family recipe i ever i ever tried and i did steal recipes from my grandparents but my mother has the the big book of food i think of my grandparents and my dad has it for my grandmother so like yeah i need i need to get on that and be like hey can you just give those to me for like yeah. a month and i'll actually yeah. transcribe them and I, yeah. yeah
1: yeah i guess i guess for me any like final thoughts i have on food would be is that it's you know there is a huge amount of tradition that has gone into cooking when it comes to my family. And it's, you know, obviously something that's, you know, still growing and kind of just, you know, this something that has, you know, my, my dad absolutely is, you know, enamored with and Mm -hmm. is growing at it and loves it. And I obviously reap the benefits of it. Um, (laughs) It's always, it's always fun to help him in the kitchen when he needs a spare hand or two. Um, but it's, you know, it is something I have yet to get good at, but, you know, I was very fortunate to grow up in a household that taught me to try new things and, you know, expanded, you know, my palate. And I've had a lot of very, I've been very fortunate to have a a lot of experiences with food and people who like good food.
0: I'd like to thank Drew for being on this show. After this week, I'm going to take a short break from this podcast. I'll be back with a new episode on March 16th. If you'd like to support this show, don't forget to subscribe and please give the show a rating on your favorite podcast directory. If you'd like to get in touch with us, please email us at gfbf at arcadiapodcastnetwork.com.